0: This is trey with michelle and trey real estate and gracie gracie is my one of my best friends great danes and gracie is very curious as to what's going on and i am also very curious as to what's going on tonight i'm sitting down with one of my best friends we've been friends since 1991 i think when i came to weber that's incredible, Bob, because I didn't think it would be that yeah. that was that long. Nineteen ninety one. Tonight I'm sitting down with Matt Yentis. And I know this is the beyond the curve the curiosity podcast, but tonight is the curiosity is how does one overcome a traumatic event? And Matt has been through it. He was successful. He had a traumatic event and he has reestablished himself as a successful business person now and it took years and I, we're going to discuss that tonight. We're going to talk about some of our old times at Weber. We're going to talk about people that we had fun with and we're going to talk about the the, the event that kind of shaped his life and I don't know how long this podcast is going to be. It could be an hour. It could be four hours and honestly, I don't really care because if I need to make it two parts, I'm going to do it because i Truly am astounded at the story of what Matt has done and what, his, what he has become, and he and I have been friends since we were old enough to drink and not know better, and now we're old and we know better, <laughs> and we're still friends. So um, yes, Gracie's here. Gracie's going to probably disappear at some point when she gets bored with me, but uh, Matt, I want to say thank you for joining me on the Beyond the Curve, the Curiosity podcast.
1: Oh, I'm excited. Thank you very much for having me.
0: And uh, we're sitting in a beautiful, uh, I guess, a patio home in Cypresswood and great, I mean, awesome community, uh, fun golf course, great little pub to go eat at. And I will tell you, that's a huge accomplishment from where you were not too many years ago. And I think it's awesome to think about the fact that. We're here so first of all 1991 i was a sophomore in college mm-hmm. i had transferred from lees mccray and your dad was the president of weber that's correct incredible yeah yeah
1: <laughs> um, you know what and you lived what was what room was it at the very
0: end at the very end of the hallway with ross Ross Smith. Was was that
1: 314 or 315? I think 315.
0: 315.
1: I was in room 320 across the hall, catty corner to you. Yes.
0: And then the the room that was. Remember Jeff Smith? Yes, Jeff Smith. Yes, because Jeff Smith actually, Jeff Smith actually one night, I was being Trey Heath. And Jeff Smith decided to pick me up against the wall. And my feet were dangling. And he told me that I needed to stop being obnoxious. Really? And I could not walk because my feet were not touching the ground. It was in the dorms? Oh, oh yes. Oh, yes. (laughs) I never knew that. Oh, yes. Now, Manny
1: Schwartz was Mm -hmm. the RA and he lived next to me. Yep. And on the other side was a gentleman by the name of Scott Drake. Do you remember him? Oh, I He's yep. the guy that wore the 1980s shorts with the piping along the... Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and he had two socks and these old high tops that he always wore. And he dated... Um, oh, well, her, she was a secretary for Dr. Milliken. She, uh, she dated... You know what? And that girl's a freak. I'm sorry, but that is exactly <laughs> what it was. Hey, it's all coming out today. It's all coming out. She was a freak. I don't
0: think... I think Scott was too. But, you know... Yeah, it was kind of scary. I remember... I remember what was awesome is... I had my cousin live with me. He was a golfer. I was a tennis player. We were literally right across from the RA. But the way we did bad things is... No one wanted to smell our dirty clothes. So, I had... I had, we had the duck rug, we had our bed set up illegally, we had our bed set up caddy corner, and we had stolen a, another bunk leg set up, so like my bed was underneath, his bed was up top, we had dressers underneath, we had dressers on the side, but all of the paraphernalia that we may have wanted to bring into the dorms, all we did was he either carried it in his golf bag... Because they're not checking golf bags. Or I put it on the floor with my dirty clothes. So when they would do room checks... Right. They're not checking that stuff. That stuff stinks. No. So... No. Not a bit. We literally had a party in our room all the time because, well, guess what? We're not checking. And I don't fault them. I, I would... I, if I was an RA, I wouldn't have been checking that stuff either. Right. But we got away with... Oh, my goodness. We got away with stuff. Remember what we used to call Ross? Do oh. you remember his nickname?
1: Yeah, you'll have to repeat it to me. I can't Corner remember. Corner
0: Pounder. That's right. Because I was going to say something else. Because that, but. he used to... was When they needed private time, it was very noisy in the room. That's what we... <laughs> And Ross, at that point in his life, was not a smaller gentleman. No, he wasn't. No, but he was a damn good golfer, and he's still a damn good golfer. Who was yet.
1: on the uh, Who was on the bottom bone? Me. Okay,
0: me. I think. How did he
1: get out? Wait a minute. How did he get?
0: Maybe I was on the top. I I'm think not you're sure. on the top. I was on the top. But those years, do you remember? Do you remember when the sheriff's office was outside? Do you remember the guy named Chill Will? Yes. And they were outside because someone had come to the dorms with a shotgun. This is Babson Park. Hey Gracie, I gotta be on camera. <coughs> <laughs> this was Babson Park. Right. And there was there was a dude that got angry at another dude for stealing a girlfriend or something. And he came on campus with a shotgun. I do remember that. Yes. That's incredible. So the, we had great times, and that's what our youth was 21, 22. I don't know how old you were. I was 21, 22, something like that. What
1: are you now? You're fi- 50, 50. and I'm 54. So okay. three
0: years. Yeah. Yeah. So, but the dorms, when we were at Weber, it was 250, 300 people. Yeah, it
1: was. yeah. I was. When dad came on as president, it was 199. And he actually was, they brought him into talk about closing school.
0: Where were you born?
1: I was born in Goshen, Indiana. Okay. Now, did you live in England? So when my dad was offered the job, I moved over for two months. The problem was is I was 18. And even though I traveled a lot when I was younger to England, because my mom was originally from England and born there. Okay. Um, I always wanted. They never thought about um, making me a a, a citizen. Ah. So actually, my sister is part um, had a British citizen. <laughs> oh, I had. I is, that, who, is that mom? No, it's someone oh. else. Someone from Wales Point. Oh. I don't know if I left something there or did I had lunch there. I had the shrimp and kits, by the way. Oh. I will just tell them, sorry, I can't talk
0: right now. There we go. <laughs> um, by the way, Wells Point, Lake Wells. If you're in Lake Wells area, downtown Lake Wells, great restaurant, locally owned, veteran owned, and they have yes. a full bar, and they have great cuisine. They do karaoke. By the way, tonight it this is, is correct. Yes, the margarita. Five dollar margaritas because That's of That's right. Puppet. Yes,
1: and no. You had recommended shrimp and grits, and I had them today. And I just want to let you know delicious. they are
0: delicious. Delicious. Down home, right so, there. So Wells Point getting a shout out tonight on the podcast, and uh, um, but back to so you, you weren't you did not become a citizen of England. No, your sister is. My
1: sister is not anymore. I think it kind of got. Um, You know tapered out okay okay but my mom holds both passports oh really
2: yes okay
1: she's american citizen but she holds a british citizenship as
0: as well so because your dad your dad loves that i don't know if it's the culture What, what is your dad what did your dad find so appealing to that because he really embraced that scottish english culture even when he was the president at weber he i remember those moments of him talking about that and, and going over to there. He loved, he loved Scotland and that's why they bought a home
1: there and then just after 20 years sold it. You know, cause they thought, you know, we're getting older, yeah. maybe we can't travel as much. We proved that wrong when we went to Rome two <laughs> years ago and then they went to Paris last year. So that was good. Um, you know, I don't know. It, I think it was the culture, the experience, the food, I mean, Nothing's processed.
0: Oh, come on. But you can't food. The, food. the English, the English and the Scottish, what's their, what's their, they have haggis. Like, we can't really dive into.
1: No, you're right. But I'll tell you, the fish and chips, I'm telling you, every time I went to England, Trey, there was, there was, there was a place called the Codfather. <laughs> and it was outside. And after we got off the plane. They got I, their I, marketing I was... from America. <laughs> And it was fantastic, you know the uh, the fish and chips wrapped up in uh, newspaper. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, and I could I could now. I maybe I can't crazy. do it
0: now, but I um,
1: when that time I used to be able to down two of those bad boys.
0: But I will tell you, like I think, I think the the British culture, that the the manners, the oh. that kind of stuff. I'm not a I'm not a fan of their food, but. Just having that cultural diversity is is amazing, and, and you being you being a part of that, and and you couldn't have been ignored. It didn't it didn't, it didn't escape you. No, from those. No. Um, but let's go back to Weber. We had some great times. It was a small school, and I say like 250 to 300 students. You knew everybody. You were either an athlete or matientes yeah yeah I mean and I'm not saying that as in light you were not an athlete but you supported everything that was happening back in those that was back when Sabah Gym was carpeted and we yeah. we just we just had free roam of like we could do whatever we wanted and that's true you had this flair of I don't know where you learned it from, but you would, and I, you would take people on adventures for fun and it would be a trip with Matt Yentus. You did those, you, I don't know, you would go to Halloween Horror Nights or, and this was when you were a student. Right. No, I do Yeah. But, but I also but,
1: did it when I started to work there. Yeah.
0: But what, what, what led to, because. I was an athlete. I played tennis. My cousin was a golfer. Manny Schwartz was a cross-country runner. Like, we... There was Scott, Scott uh, Remington. Yes. Which, by the way, he's running restaurants now. Like, well, how, how crazy is that? He left the,
1: the car business?
0: Oh, did he? Was he out of well, the he left business?
1: the restaurant and went to... He does sells classic cars.
0: Oh. Yes.
1: Oh. And has classic cars.
0: Oh, he's living the dream.
1: Pretty interesting. I mean, yeah. it really is. But yes, he was doing the restaurant, and then he went to classic cars.
0: But we were, we were. Let's put it this way: you would go down for breakfast in the morning from the dorms, and the ladies. This was this was how old Matt and I are. The ladies would serve you breakfast. Yes. You would go through correct. the line. Would you like hash browns? Yes, I would love hash browns. Would you like some eggs? Yes, I love some eggs. I love bacon, and they would serve you breakfast.
1: But you know when we did that you know and we because we you would again i think it was a small family yeah i consider it a small family so you got to know everybody there at weber and when you were saying that before but the nice thing about it was we could ask for more yes and they gave it i mean they didn't oh yeah no problem Matt. you know it's like now some they may have uh, skimped on but yeah. we got their extras
0: So my question for you is, is you have this personality that we're going to touch on later, but I want to dive into where did that start? Because while you were a student, you started doing these like, Hey, we're all going out with Matt tonight. And it meant that we were either getting in a limo or a van or something. And we were going somewhere cool. How did that, where did that come from? Where did that, what What made, what created that? I
1: would have to say, you know, Trey, I always, I always
0: like to see,
1: and even to this day, I like to see that as long as people are happy first before myself, and if that meant renting a limo and inviting a bunch of people, and we would go to Roxy's, do you remember Roxy's? Oh, yeah, yeah, ha, <laughs> yeah. and I'll tell you what, that. I tell you, I remember the time we went to Roxy's, we had the limo. When we pulled up, I don't know what it was, when we unloaded from the limo, we were we automatically went into the VIP room. I mean it was an instant and it it's almost like I remember sitting there while That's everybody annoying. is right I'm for the most part drinking. Yeah. And I didn't drink very much.
0: No. You're and, still not
1: you're still not a big drinker. Correct. Yeah. And a lot of people would come up or the, they'd have the um, I want to say not bodyguards, but I want to say the uh bouncers, the bouncers, yeah, yeah. And they would come up and they're like, "Hey, um, this person asked that they could come in." And i look at them and I'm like, "If I didn't know them, I'm like, yeah, we're gonna pass." And they would hold them back. I mean, I thought as to a myself, college student, as a college <laughs> student, and I'm like, that really works. But you know what? From that, I don't, I don't know if I've ever told you the story or if you were with us on this trip. Probably not okay so this guy across the way was sitting in a BIP room and he had said to me he goes or he came over and he introduced himself seemed like a really nice guy and he had a, another couple with him and he's he's like he invited me over to again one of those things where you invite so I went over I started talking to him and we were talking about I don't know He was asking me, you know, did I live in Orlando? And I'm like, no, we're from, you know, Lake Wales area. Of course, I was like, you know, Babson Park. Where's that? You know, that was the first first and most of everything. And so, um, his, he got, his friends got kicked out of the club, have no clue why. So then I saw him leave and he said, listen, if I'm ever in Orlando again and I see you, drinks are on me. I'm like, okay. So we go back to doing what we do. The place starts to close down. Um, The limo's gone and I had a Suburban. I had asked for a Suburban, so I rented one. And so they had it outside of the the club. And so I was driving everybody home. Well, wouldn't you know it, long and behold, here's the guy that I was talking to walking down the street. And I felt bad. And I remember my cousin, Jennifer, was in the back and she goes, what are you doing, man? I said, I talked to that guy. We're pulling over and see if he needs help. <laughs> and everybody was yelling at me like, you don't know him from Adam, don't do this. And I'm like, I have to, it's something I have to do. Yeah. So I pulled over, okay. And I got, and I, I rolled the window down and he said, they were my ride. And I said, well, where do you live? He said, "Oviedo." Oh, I'm like, hop in we'll give you a ride. Not knowing Oviedo was like 45 minutes yeah, down there.
0: We didn't have GPS back then. Right, yeah. right. So I'm like, get in.
1: Meanwhile, my cousin's yelling at me. There was a car following behind us that had Anthony Selby in it. Oh. Yes. Yes.
0: So we went to... Um, we Isn't went that to, funny? Isn't that funny that Anthony Selby and your cousin like were in a separate vehicle at some point, and at some point they were together. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that funny how that That
1: is. So we, we pulled up to this guy's house. Now, Trey, this house was phenomenal. Okay, I mean, it looked, I wanna say it had to have at least six bedrooms in it. But that's what I was looking, I mean, so we walked inside. Right when we walked inside, the right was the dining room. And it was all covered in paper. I remember, that. I, I
0: don't know what was on the, on the dining room, but- And you're sober. I'm sober. Yeah. The, other, the rest so, of the group. So, like, this is, this is like you're seeing this real life. They're, they're going through fantasy land.
1: And they all pulled in into the driveway. Yeah. And there was another car behind them, which I had no clue who it was. <laughs> and they're like, what are we doing? And they're like, I said, I'm going inside. I'm getting a drink. And I'm like, and they're like, so they all unloaded. And I said to this guy, is this okay? Yeah, that's fine. He opened up a bar. He had this. He opened up this thing, and it was remote control. It opened up, and there was this bar. And Selby's like, "Oh yeah, you know." It's like, "Oh,
0: this man made a mistake." I mean, the British, the British. You offer you offer a pint to a Brit, and it's like, "Oh, I'm your best friend." So it was.
1: So that did trade. He had one of those CD racks that, that was, you know, you know, obviously when CDs were popular, but he had a CD rack that and the speakers. I'm like, and this, what does this guy do? Okay, so the whole time it's going through my head, what does this guy do, you know, and they're, Is so he they're a drug dealer? Getting, well, that, that first came to mind, okay? <laughs> that did come to mind, but I mean, I don't know yet. So everybody's getting something to think. Now they're in, he's help yourself to whatever's in the fridge. These guys are getting Who like... We ended
0: up in the pool naked. That's all I want to know. There was no pool. Okay.
1: What? No, but there was a masseuse table Oh. in the middle of the room. Now, oh. I mean it in the middle of the room. Okay. When I say the middle, I'm like, what is this just doing here? Yeah. Okay. Now he says to me, hey, I want to show you around the house. Okay. So now everybody's downstairs and we go upstairs. The first room I saw was a weight room. And I'm not saying the average rate room that you would see as in one or two machines. I'm talking maybe six to ten.
0: So like we're talking full on, like, get your your workout on. Get your workout, mirrors everywhere. And and before we go any further, this is a prelude to who Matt was and where we're going to go from. So, like, this story is important because this is who he was and what happened like yeah yeah so yeah
1: exactly so we went so i'm like okay so i'm thinking (laughs) i'm thinking weight room this guy's work i'm having a
0: blast what are we doing yeah what are we doing are Are we gonna live show me
1: (laughs) the next room we go into is a they have these dummies he has all these dummies set up and it's all mirrored and it's got wood floors pads everywhere and it was Literally like punch dummies, you know. I'm like, yeah, okay, you know. I'm like, we're
0: like doing jujitsu or karate or something, or right? That. Right. So I'm thinking, okay.
1: And I mean, when I talk about it, this, had to have been two rooms put together as one. Okay. So then he's like, I want to show it. So he showed me. Now we go That's to his bedroom. Okay, king size bed, and he has cameras up in the <laughs> in oh. the bedroom. And I, I'm. And okay. this is in the 90s. Yes. Yes. And my mind is now wandering. You like, know, I'm I, like, I'm out of here. Okay. He has a shotgun by the bed, and he had a submachine gun of some type on the other side of the bed. Now I'm like, now I'm getting a little freaked. Yeah. Okay. I'm like, this, this we, we, we may need to vacate. Yeah. You know, um, what are you doing, Gracie? So I didn't. And then we went by the bathroom and he has TVs in the bathroom.
0: And CCT or like regular TVs? Just
1: regular TVs. Oh, okay. Okay. So we go out of that room and he said, as I go by, there's one room on the right just before I get to the stairs, and I happen to look and it's video equipment. And I mean there is everything from VHS to burners for CDs, everything. And he's got all these cameras. So everything on. that's happening, he can see. Correct. Ooh. So now, I'm thinking porn. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, why not?
1: Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. Wh- what, if he's, what if he's bringing them in the room? He's using the guns. He's, he's taking them into doing, I'm like, I don't know. You know, I'm like, so I get downstairs, and I go, to, Selby comes up to me and says, hey, listen, i got to tell you something. I'm like, what? And he goes, this guy's got checks laying all over the table. Some checks are, some checks are um, 75,000. And I'm like, what, what do you mean checks? And he goes, yeah, I said, listen, you need to get everybody. And when I say everybody, we're talking about 15, 20 plus. <laughs> and I said, you need to get everybody. and We need to get out of here. Hey, get the- because I think there's more to this story. I'm like, I just went upstairs and I'll explain it later. So he's trying to get everybody. And this gentleman, I can't remember his name. I wish I could. He said... It's probably better. Yeah, it's probably better. True. <laughs> He's like, hey, why don't you come into my office? Let me give you a card. I'm like, you know, that just doesn't sound right. But okay. I'm like, you know, at this point,
0: might as well. I'm yeah, like, yeah. You're we. 23, 24 at this time, right? Like, Yes. Yeah. Because yes, I'm 20, it. 21 at this point. So yeah, like it, it's... You're, you're still like wet behind the ears, as they would say.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, but,
0: I'm, but, but I'm having fun. I'm, this is what I want to do. Exactly. Okay. And you
1: know, and I'm thinking
0: this point... I said to him, I said
1: I really have to go. I got to get these people back. You know, I'm kind of the DD, and and he's like, I, I understand. He's like, well, let me just give you my card. So we walk in, and there's a big picture of the world on his on the back of behind his desk. And I said, Wow! And he's got pins everywhere, and I'm like, pretty interesting. He said, Yeah. He said, I got to leave out for, and he said to Iraq, and I said. Oh, and I said, uh, when are you going to be back in town? He says, probably about three months. He goes, I'm here twice out of the year. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, well, he goes, "Um, I work for the government. I I, uh, make videos and teach um, martial arts and SWAT, SWAT. Oh, well, then now it's like, okay, there's the cameras, there's the weight room, and now the, and he goes, you probably thought something else. I said, yes, I did. And So um, he gave me his card. He said, when I'm in town, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a call and we'll get together at Roxy's or wherever you want to go. And he goes, you've been, he said, I appreciate the ride. Um, Can't thank you enough. And I said, not a problem. I said, I hope these guys didn't You know, each out of house and home. He said, "No, he said it needed to be cleared out, anyways." And we left, and that was it. (laughs) And to this, I was like, I never heard from him. I never saw him at Roxy's again. But I just thought it was interesting.
0: Come to to find out, how many times did you go back to Roxy's? I would have to say three times. Okay, because like we had friends. I mean, and 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 I say this as someone who. I don't want to cause problems, but we had a friend who was a basketball coach who used to go to Southern Knights. Did you ever go to Southern Nights? I never have. You never went? No. But we had coaches that went to Southern Knights and large men coaches. And it was a gay establishment, Oh. from what I've heard. I don't know. I've never where,
1: been. Where, where was it? Orlando.
0: Oh, okay. I was going to say. And... I remember him telling me one time, he's like, Yeah, he is. There was this girl, she was beautiful. And she told me, I'm a lesbian. And he, it's like, I'm guessing there was some alcohol induced excitement posted in that. <laughs> and he jumped up on a table and said, I am a lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> and that's great. I didn't know if. That Weber, because Weber is, is, for those that don't know, we're sitting right now in Dundee. Winter Haven is the largest town in the area. It's to the east of Dundee. If you go south, six miles, seven miles, you're in Lake Wells. If you go six miles further south, you're in Babson Park. And Babson Park is, there, well, back when we were going to school, it was Groves. Just groves. Just orange groves and a railroad track. And that was it. That's
2: right.
0: So when Matt says that he collected a group of students and they all went out one night, (laughs) this is like these kids have come out of the holler and they're going to the big city. And they all came here willingly knowing what Weber was but that was the fun was you're here, you're safe, but then we're going to the city and our hair is down and we might get naked like that was, the, <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was the case. And, and we've been to parties where that may have happened. Yes. 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 So, <laughs> but I want to dive into as we, as we get, uh, oh, oh my goodness gracious, we just killed the clock. Oh, goodness. <laughs> Gracie Gracie is a 160 pound great Dane that just loves she's 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 kind of curious as to why people are sitting in her chairs but uh, I want to get into you were not because at Weber when in 1991 you were an athlete at Weber or there was like 15 people that weren't athletes. Yeah, I wasn't an athlete. No, you weren't an athlete. No. Your dad was the president, so that made sense. You, you, my dad was the tennis coach, so I got to go to school for free. Right. I got to play on a really good tennis team. You were a part of multiple athletic teams because you just liked the people around. So you were a part. You went to a, you went to tournaments. You drove vans. You did. But you also started, let me start my career while I'm going to school. And you worked. That's correct. Where did you work? Went to. A, well, I
1: actually. I'm trying to think about. It. I went to started working
0: at Walt Disney World. Okay. Yeah. You see, so you were working for the Big Mouse. Big Mouse. It was 1988. So you started working there before you went to
1: Weber. Actually, when I was trying to think when. Uh, actually, when I came back from. In Eng, or England. Okay. Okay because at the point I didn't know what I wanted to do. So it was prior, do you, do you know what you want to do now? I don't
0: okay I, don't. I, I, I just wanted to make <laughs> that clear because I'm 51 I have two degrees and I still don't know what the hell I want to do. so I just want to make sure like it's okay if you don't know what you want to do,
2: it's okay it's, it is okay fine.
0: no so so at 1920 you you didn't know what you wanted to do let's go work at the big Mouse house. Yeah, so 19, yeah, so when I came back from England,
1: I started working at Walt Disney World, and... Which was a huge employer in our uh, area at the time. Yes. Yes. Absolutely an incredible experience, too. Yeah. I was living in Kissimmee at the time, or when I came back, actually, I was living in Winter Haven, sorry, repeat, or Ray Hi, Gracie. I was living in Winter Haven, and I started working, so I would drive back and forth from Winter Haven to... To Disney from 1988 till, so my father came over, back over from England in, I want to say it was in 1990?
0: Isn't it weird how we can't remember
1: that? Story? Or 1992.
0: I want no, to say it's 1990. Because he was president when I came to Weber. Okay. So. I came to Weber, I came to Weber, I went to Lise McRae. I graduated in 1990, and I went to Lees McCray, until the spring of 1991. Okay. Then I came to Weber in 1991, the fall of 1991. So in 1990, he came to Weber. So I continued to...
1: Yeah, so 1988 to 1992 is when I worked at Disney. Okay.
0: So 1992. So this event, the whole reason... Besides just wanting to catch up and thinking it'd be cool as shit to just have a podcast of like someone that I enjoy and talking about stuff, but an issue that was important, this issue that happened to you went, so you start, was there, you're having fun with college students, you're going out, you're doing stuff, you're hanging out with people. Did you ever feel anything that led to what happened? Okay, so... Do, we're going to touch on that. We're gonna, right. We're so going to go deep into that.
1: Do you remember when we were... It was late night. Do you remember when we were playing basketball in the gym? I remember playing basketball. In okay. The gym. But it was a late night, and we were playing basketball. Okay. And it was... I mean, I'm not saying I didn't I, I didn't get fouled, because I believe I did get fouled. Yeah. And um, I went down or something, and I didn't... Do you remember the ambulance arrived? Uh-uh. No. You don't remember that? No. Oh, yeah. So I, I felt like I couldn't breathe. Oh. Uh, and I felt like that I, my chest was, me, and I didn't know what it was. Well, and I went, I went to the hospital, and it, would, it turned out to be nothing. You were in the gym. You actually went and got the, you made the phone call.
0: I. Uh, and I, I, I appreciate I, that, because just, and
1: then you were right by my side the whole time. Yeah, I just
0: don't, I just don't remember. Like, I'm terrible, Like as I tell, tell people all the time. I don't remember what I did last week
2: and, and, it's, and <laughs> it's just
0: because I, I'm, I'm terrible. I, I respect so many people that will tell me that the like, history of stuff. Right. And I have had some awesome moments in my life, some great poignant moments in my life, victories, losses, family. And there's like four that I can remember in my entire life. And it's, it's, traumatic in a passive way it's traumatic that like people will say like don't you remember and I'm like "Mm, no I literally have like four or five big moments that are in my brain and it makes me kind of nervous that that I don't remember them because of my dad going through Alzheimer's and that kind of stuff but but I'm also like do I just live my life kind of This happened, and I move on, like, I remember, boy, (laughs) I never, this is why I don't open things up, because in my podcast, I remember cheating on a girlfriend, snorting coke with another girl with the same name, and ending up in a bathtub. I remember that moment. Really? Yes.
1: I also, well, I remember you dating someone from, um, uh... I can't remember, her, Heather. Yeah, that's, remember, the, that's the name. Okay, so I remember you dating that girl. And I have to tell you something, Trey, and I probably, I probably never told you this. But besides, number one, you hit on it when we were talking about the dorm rooms. You, okay, coming into your dorm room, number one, your dorm room smelled <laughs> horrific. And it was because of tennis. I get it, I yeah. get it, okay. I watched your matches. I enjoyed watching your matches. I enjoyed when you got angry because it just showed the passion of tennis. And you know, what I always wished I could have watched more of is when you coached, but I never did, you know, because I mean, you were at a different school. And then by the time you were at Weber, I didn't have the time, I was working, you were doing that. But besides coming over, number one, always knew going into your room I would get a laugh of some kind rather be, you know, Ross or yourself or, um, well, again, the tennis mill and you'd have the stringer in there and you'd be stringing your rackets, but I always admired you for just you or of everything that you did in life. And some people said, are you copying what Trey's doing? And I'm like, I could only wish, you know, I'm like, I wish I could do some of the things that Trey did now that being said yes i did well i went over after you broke it off with heather i went over to florida southern to see her or she asked me over or something Dang. like that well i didn't like it because number one you had to put the lock on the door or leave the door open yeah and they had someone they come i'm like this this is
0: she was a great woman honestly and i love my, my michelle my wife currently like. She knows. She knows everything sure, and of course. I if I can since we're gonna do <laughs> truth here <laughs> I screwed that up. Like I screwed that up. She was a great woman. Her parents treated me fabulously. And uh I I I I was a wild, wild child. At the same vein of I was a wild child. You were living this life of fun in a college that your dad was running. Like, you and I both, we had this... My dad was the tennis coach, which was awesome, but my dad didn't care that he was my father. If I wasn't doing the right things, my ass was grass. I was toast. Yeah. Kind of, I'm guessing... The way that your dad treated you, but we both had this barrier. Like it wasn't the force field, but there was a barrier because we were Bill Heath's son and Rex Gentis's son. So we had this barrier over us. You and I went through the dorms. We, gradu- we, we, we went through school, but there was this moment, and I'll never forget because... And the reason I so badly wanted to discuss this with you tonight is because I was one of those people that to this day, well, not to this day, during that time period, get over it. And I want to dive into you were working for a multi billion dollar company, conglomerate that had business all over the world with a potential of working for them further with graduating from college. True. And then one day you're driving to work and what happened?
1: Well, before we go
0: on back, or
1: before I touch bases on that, about the being the president's son, you couldn't. I couldn't ever get away from that. Yeah. As much as I no. tried. Because you know I, I moved on to campus. I didn't have to. We lived in Winter Haven. I could have driven back and forth.
0: You and I both. I lived in Lake Alfred. That's right. I, I part of the time lived on campus, part of the time lived... In the dorms. But no matter what, oh, you're Bill's son. I'm like, but I'm living here. Like, I'm I'm a student. I'm just a student. So, please. So,
1: here's the, the a little funny story. So, I, well, myself and a few other guys went out and took the Warner Southern, uh, well, it was Warner Southern. Yeah. You, you know, Back in the day, college, we, it was Warner college.
0: college, too. Right. Yes.
1: And I, I took, those shorts, we took the, the sign off the odd on highway 27 and guess where I hung that in the room on my wall and along with some other signs that you know we took out off
0: some streets which is amazing you did this sober yes and that's what everybody said to me you're more crazy than me I did stuff drunk you did it sober (laughs) I feel like I'm more normal than you because you did it
1: you did it sober I did it sober, Enjoyed every single minute of it. <laughs> but there was one day I get this knock at the door. Now I don't know if you know this, but we sold drinks out of. Uh, but it would be soda. You know those little chugs. Remember yeah, the chugs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You used to sell the chugs at your dorm. Out of the dorm room. No. So I was able to make cable bill every month with selling all this stuff. You know, and I don't know if you remember. I had a couch, a chair. We separated yeah. the room with these. But drapes coming down. It was kind of interesting, but um, I remember the knock on the door, and I'm like, you know, I don't think we had a peephole or anything. And I'm like, no, who is it? And uh, it's your father, Rex Yentes, President Yentes. And I'm like, oh crap! And how <laughs> did I- you say oh crap? Or did you say oh shit? I probably said oh shit because <laughs> I had the Warner University. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, I said to. Whoever was in the room, I'm like, okay, just, I'm like, try to act natural. You know, I don't know what to say at this <laughs> try point. Try to act natural. So I opened up the door. I said, what can I do for you? And he goes, I, I just came to see how you were doing. And I'm like, oh, I'm great. And he said, well, well can I come in? I'm like, yeah, no, I mean, it's kind of messy. And he goes, you're not a messy kind of guy. Let's just let me in. I'm like, okay, so I'm thinking (laughs) if I keep him focused, maybe he won't look towards the wall. Not that this was a huge room, of course. And well, that didn't happen automatically. He said, where'd you get that sign? I said, which one? (laughs) Because I mean, it was plastered all over. He said, the Warner Southern. I'm like, oh, oh that, oh, it was on 27. Was it laying down on 27? no and i because i never could lie to my
2: parents
1: (laughs) no i said we took it down he said great you're now going to have to go over to warner southern and apologize to the president and then if they make you pay for it you're going to pay for it or you put it back up so that next day i went over with the sign Socket it in the hand, ready to go. Sock it and everything. <laughs> Put it back up and went and apologized.
0: Oh, my goodness. So I have to say, so that is one of the funny things about when I say small college, it's truly small college. Like there was 300 of us. My dad happened to be the tennis coach. The reason I left Lees McRae is I had some scholarship issues. I would have never left Lees McRae, but there were some scholarship issues. My dad told me, hey... I'm now coaching this team. We're going to be really good. We have full support from your dad, who was the president. Right. I come to Weber. I'm living on campus. I'm living off campus. I'm living on campus. I am I meet you. We have fun. You are, amazingly enough, as much as I was a wild child, you were a very cautious, I don't mean wild child. You You had your own life going on. But you did things, I guess, weirdly, I kind of was more in touch with my, I'm backcountry guy. Like, I didn't realize I was that kind of guy, but you were more of this, like, city going out, taking people up. And I never really went, but we did stuff. Like, you knew my girlfriends. You knew you knew everybody I was dating. You knew everything yeah. that was going on. I I don't remember the basketball thing, but that leads to, you're working at Disney. Right you're we're we're having fun by the way our gym was a carpeted floor <laughs> yes it was the sabah athletic center which we all see now at weber is this beautiful gym but yeah. back in 1991 92 it was a carpeted gym with a stage with a stage and a Fashion. short and a short floor <laughs> short floor like you could shoot full court and it wasn't because you were trying it was because you could shoot full court Talk about rug burn. Yes. yes. Woo. And, and and with with walls like I don't know how to describe it, but it was like they were they were they were in yeah. the, the yeah. whole time. And <laughs> and uh, so you're working at Disney, you're going to Weber, you're not an athlete, everybody is an athlete except except for a very slim few. Right. Um we had a lot of Northeastern people coming, but we didn't think anything different about Matt Yentis not being an athlete. We thought of Matt Yentis being, a, he's one of us, he's here with us, because there was only 300 of us. We had people from the Bahamas, we had people from Trinidad, we had people from all over the world, and you just happened to be one that was working, and oh, you're the president's son, so it makes sense. Right. What happened? What day, and what happened that caused you to? The whole reason I wanted to sit down with you tonight. What happened? What what? So what, what happened? Um, you know, I I I
1: see. I feel like sometimes Trey, I was burning the uh, candle at both ends, and when I say that is, you know, there'd be, I'd be out till two a.m. in the morning, but yeah. then I'd have to be out. I'd have to get, be up at six, and be at Disney by eight.
0: And you for know? for us for us that Weber, it was fine. We skipped class. Yeah. But for you, it was a problem. It was a problem, and I,
1: you know, and I think I got wrapped up in because I mean I wanted to be out with everybody. Yeah. But at the same time, sober. And but we, I wanted
0: to be. But some most of us weren't. We burned it down, and
1: you were taking care of us. Right, and then I would yeah. and then I would go to work, and. But it was a it was a Thursday, and um, I I was working. It was full time, or I was full time at Disney, so I was working full time and I was going to school full. Yeah, yeah. So it was a Thursday afternoon. I was um, I had gotten off work. I can't say it was a stressful day, because I really don't. I don't remember what so happened on the way day. home from work. It was happening on the way home. Okay. So I pulled out of the Grand Floridian, is where I worked and it was a slight rain, just a light rain, not nothing big. Um, but it was enough to It was just a slight rain. Um, I pulled off of, so if you're exiting out of Disney, I got on the ramp to pull off, not the ramps that are like now, you know, yeah. but I pulled off the ramp to get onto I four going south. And as I did that, as I rounded the ramp and I got onto I-4, all of a sudden I felt uh, I felt my body tingling. And when I say tingling, it started with the feet. So like if your feet were asleep, you know, you get that tingle feeling and it gets, it, okay. So my feet were, ting- were tingling and, and then I felt it moving up. So I, you know, from my, from my feet to my ankles, to my legs, I felt all the tinglingness, and I felt like I was numbing, you know, like like something. Somebody... Because from there, you know, I couldn't feel my I I couldn't feel my hands, and then I felt my heart rate starting to increase. I mean,
0: and you could actually feel the heart rate increase. Cause... Yes, I
1: felt it, it just yeah. rapidly pounding, and I'm like, you know, and I'm I'm like, what's going on? You know, and in my head, I'm just like what's going on and then i started to feel my my whole face started tingle, and you know my lips and i i mean it wasn't dry my mouth wasn't dry but uh, everything was numb so much numb that i started to one I always remember you know if you i had a, a bag in the back of the car that i grabbed because i thought it was gonna you know maybe it was gonna yeah. hyperventilate i couldn't yeah, the and then get a brief, bag, like, put the yeah. bag. Then I started punching myself on the face because that, and I could not feel a thing. I couldn't feel anything in my face, my extremity, anything. I couldn't feel a thing. So my my fear right then and there was I was going to die. That death was death was upon me and on I four on I four. Okay. And what 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 would I do? Yeah. So I pulled off the side of the road, thinking that maybe someone would stop. But then how would anybody know? How would anybody know? Because I can't even get out of the car. I can't even feel my body. Yeah, I can't feel a thing. I have the AC cranked up as high as it can. And so the only thing at that point in time, I thought is I I'll get into on, back onto I-4 and I'll ride the emergency lane. Because if I ride the emergency lane, maybe, just maybe, a cop will pull me over. And when I say when I got on the emergency ring, I floored it. And when I was saying floored, I'm at 90 miles an hour in a Nissan Sentra.
0: You're passing everybody.
1: I'm passing everybody riding on the rim of the road. <laughs> and I'm just praying. Is that because you're just
0: not in your right mind?
1: No, it was for me trying to get someone to pull me over. Okay. So then I could explain, you know, maybe then, then if there was someone medically or some, a police officer to pull me over, they could call. Yeah. because i i don't know what's going on i don't know I, I mean yes was i in my right mind probably not because i was scared
0: yeah i was nervous but what led to that like do you know what do you have any idea like you went to school you hung out we did stuff it was a thursday so like and back in those days we actually went to class five days a week so you went to class monday tuesday wednesday thursday and then you went to work and it do you know what the hell happened?
1: So two things always always I thought about. One, there was a time that I was in the back of our, the, when I worked at the Grand and we didn't have much storage. So we had these um, tractor trailers parked out in the parking lot where the employees parked. And I was in one of those one day. And as we were moving a, a couch out, You know, you'd have to, there weren't steps. You had to come off the truck, get down, and then everybody handed down. I fell out of the back of the truck one time and fell, you know, awkwardly on my back. And I was taking some pills that, you know, because it was workers' comp.
2: Yeah.
1: Part of me said, part of me thinks it was those that may have triggered it. The other part that I feel it was triggered is stress because I was doing. I was staying out till 2 a.m. doing, you know, yeah. what I want to do. And then I was working to do what I want to do. Because did I love Disney? Absolutely. Yeah. Was it the best four years? Absolutely. Would I go back? It, I I tried. I mean, I did, but, yeah. But. you know, people, when I said to people, people said, oh, well, why would you leave Disney? Well, I never, I was nervous. I was not nervous, but I didn't want to. I was embarrassed to say to them I left Disney because of anxiety. That's the reason I left Disney. Yeah. It's not because I was going to I wanted to focus on my school. I mean I did, but I mean it was anxiety that or I mean cuz well let's well, at that time we didn't know it was anxiety. Let's yeah. go I should back yeah. that up.
0: Yeah cuz we 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 didn't know and you kept it somewhat quiet but we we kind of started hearing stuff, but so let's go back to okay. your you're going down I four,
1: so nobody pulls me over.
0: Yeah. Okay. I so get, you get up twenty
1: seven. I get up onto twenty seven, I round the bend, and you know at that time it was Circus World. Yeah. Was there? Okay. There's a Seven Eleven. The Seven Eleven is still there. Seven Eleven is
0: thirty miles from there to Ever.
1: No, no, but the Seven not the Seven Eleven on. Right across from Circus World, oh, what, oh, what? Yeah, Circus yeah, World, yeah, yeah. Posner Park. You know yeah. the one that's right next to the racetrack. Yeah, yeah. That's the 7-Eleven I pulled miles. in, and they—is it 13 miles? It's 30 miles. It's 30 miles from. 30 miles from there to Weber. Yes, that's right. Okay, so I pulled into the 7-Eleven. I opened the door of my car and fell out.
0: Fell out, feeling nothing. I fell out like you couldn't. I
1: fell out. I fell out on the concrete.
0: Just you opened the door and. Yes. Open the walk. door, and
1: I tried to. I tried to move out. I couldn't move anything. And so I fell now, out.
0: now you're drunk. You're a drunk person trying to get help. You would think.
1: Yes. Yeah. yeah. I I fell out. When I fell out, someone in another car was right next to me. Rushed into the. Rushed over. People from the Seven Eleven came out, and I, I couldn't talk. I mean, that's how bad it was that I was. I was mumbling. I was. I was like, you know and someone said all i remember is someone saying we need to call 911 and i don't know who did it i don't know if it was a you know what if it was a clerk in there but they called 911 i remember the ambulance coming over i remember they put me in the back and my heart rate had
0: tripled oh, oh time. okay tripled tripled so what are we shooting at here cuz like triple for me would be like 150 1 higher 185 holy shit. Yeah.
1: Something it's something in that neighborhood. It was in it okay. was high. Okay. Okay. And it was high for like that for 45 minutes.
0: And yeah. you don't and I guess the scary part is is you don't really know why.
1: Don't know why. Don't know what happened. I'm just, you know, I'm just
0: nervous. Is it because you're the president's son?
2: No.
1: I
0: don't think that do, was. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, no. Like, people are like, "Well, well, what caused it?" Like, oh, maybe you had the pressure of. You had a your work. You're going to school for free. I mean, we both yeah. were. We both were yeah. very fortunate. We got to go to school for free. Very fortunate. You had a cool job. You're working at Disney. Yeah. You're on a management track of Disney. You and I have talked about that privately about your yeah. management track of Disney. Yes. It's not like, it's not like your life sucked. So, excuse my French, what the fuck happened that you, all of a sudden, you are falling out of your car at a 7-Eleven on Posner Park? I don't know. And I couldn't
1: tell you to this day.
0: Yeah. I have no clue. And that's what I'm curious about. And that's, and
1: that's when, sitting in there, and I'm like, what's going on? Well, I know I can't drive. There's no way. Mm-hmm. And they start to ask me questions, and I was able to answer the questions. I gave him my parent, my my sister, our parents' number, and everything. Yeah. So my mom and my sister drove up there. You know, they called and said, "Listen, your son's." You know, I I don't know what they called it at the time. I it's don't know epi- if they
0: probably an episode. An
1: episode, if I did exactly. And um. And so I remember when they got there. I was I was. I was back, I felt like I was back to normal, if that makes sense. Yeah. I I felt like I could, you know, I could feel everything and, you know, but I I was nervous. I was like, what happened? And then I was trying to explain to my mom and my sister now um, that I, you know, what had happened, how I got to 7 Eleven. And so I remember them driving me home. And I rode, I think, with my mom and my sister drove my car home or something like that. And I'm like, you know, I, I don't I don't know what's, I don't know what's going on. I did you know, and, and, you know, my mom's like, well, you know, tomorrow, we'll see if we can make a doctor's appointment, see if there's, and I'm like, no, I gotta work. I, I gotta work. I mean, you know, I gotta go to work. And I said, it, you know, I, I don't know what it is. And so the next day, i drove i stayed at the house i left to go to work and it happened on the way to work
0: yeah that's but and that's the one i remember is you were on 27 and yes but i got onto i4 i just got onto
1: i4 and i started feeling like i was it was coming so i turned around and i came back and i said i've got it was starting again i don't you know and I, I, I remember, I think I was told to try to fight through it. And I'm like, I don't know if there's anything I'm like this is happening again.
0: And that's what I want to touch on is, is this journey that you went on. You had friends that liked you, but we all were like, ah. At that point in the 90s, we didn't know. We didn't know. We didn't no. know this was a thing in you're going through this and we're like dude you just gotta fight through it be tougher blah 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 and you you fought through it in a way that we made we made fun of you but we also hell matt's doing this we're all gonna go with matt like i want to dive into that a little more of you went through this. How? What was the total years before you kind of got your freedom again? And I want to dive into. I don't. I want to dive into that. That. That story of in the middle of.
1: See, it started in 1992. I mean, I still, I still, and I mean, and and we'll, we can, you know, I still take medication to this day. Yeah. I mean, because but you you have the capacity to be solo I do to a certain degree yeah. it's to a certain degree so 92 till Wow um, at least 10 to 15 years after that
0: yeah and so that's what I want to touch on is and this is someone that I care immensely about so I'm not making fun we've talked about this um, we've talked about this a lot um but for ten to fifteen years, you worked at Weber, you were an integral part of Weber, you did a lot of stuff. You were a volleyball you were a softball coach, you were a volleyball coach, you were facilities management. But during that entire time you also owned home. Homes. Yes. And never once were you by yourself. You had roommates in homes that you owned you never drove yourself to work by yourself explain what that felt like and explain what that meant to you as far as your freedom so when
1: when you know well let, let me go back to so when i went and saw the doctor yeah they said it could be anxiety Panic disorder. And you're like, what the hell is that? Exactly. (laughs) And they said, it's a fear of fear of something's going to happen. And did you ever figure out what that was? No. I mean, I said to myself, what do you mean the fear of the fear? I mean, subconsciously, your mind is telling you something's going to happen. And your conscious mind is, you're you're sitting there thinking, come on, what's going on? I mean, I'm... You know, and I'll be honest, when I, at the age, I was like, I'm 25 years old, or whatever age I was. Hey.
0: I'm
1: like, oh, I'm like, come on, this can't be happening.
0: I don't drink, I don't, I take people
1: out, what am I going to do wrong? I don't drink, you know, they said, maybe if you cut down on caffeine, I started drinking Sprite. I'm oh, like, okay. I, re- I
0: remember that. Yes, yes I drank yes, Sprite, yes. I named yes. my dog after yes, Sprite, yes, I yes, mean, yes, yes. You know, I mean, it was that. Kind I remember because I worked the concession stand at the at the basketball games, and it was a hot dog and Sprite, 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 Sprite. I drank Sprite like it
1: was going out of style, and you know, I mean, I'm sure I could have done a couple Coca Cola commercials <laughs> for them, but I mean, I named my dog after a Sprite. Direction
0: I, now with their model of yes, yes, yes.
1: So I could have done a lot of things that I thought, you know, but yes, I drank Sprite. I was drinking caffeine free. I wasn't drinking alcohol.
0: I was, but you never were the. No, you I was never. You weren't the. I'm just going to say this up front. He was not the illicit drug take drug taker. He wasn't al- He didn't drink alcohol. He he let the rest of us do that. I never have.
1: I've never. I and uh, being completely honest, I've never tried a drug. I've never smoked you're, marijuana.
0: You're better off. By the way, the new marijuana smells terrible. Okay, why? Well, I've never yeah. baked. I've never done any of
1: that. You that's know, I've something. just, I you're, just haven't. You're better off. Well, that's what a lot of people say. But at the same time, I'm thinking, well, maybe I should try something. Maybe it'll relax me so, more. So
0: there was no, there was no underlying reason no. for what happened. So the doctor says, you have anxiety? Because you have a fear of a fear. And you're trying to think about, I'm going to college and I'm working. What's my fear of my fear? Like, and... Over the period of time, we'll jump forward and jump back. Over a period of time, have you ever figured out what that fear of the fear was? No. <clears throat> is that is that nerve
2: wracking?
1: No. No. No, I decided that, you know, I just have to live with it.
2: Okay. Because okay.
1: here's the thing you never can die from anxiety. You can never die from a panic disorder. That's a damn Can you say that again? You can never die from it. That's awesome. That is it can drive you to the brink. Yes but you can never die from it. Okay. I like It's it. written everywhere. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've Googled it. There's no way that I can die from it. The only thing that they said that I could happen was I could pass out. And if you passed out, your body would calm itself and you would be fine. Now, guess what? I never passed out, unfortunately. Hey, hey, hey. And you know what? I think, you know, gosh, if I was driving, and I passed out, you know, that would be worse. Yeah. But every book, everything that's out there and everything that I
0: have been through has proven can't die from it. I feel like my illicit drug use and my alcohol stuff that I did, I feel like we're about the same thing. Because as long as I didn't drive, I would just pass out. I could die yeah. from those. Right. So, but kind of the same feelings. Like you used to protect us. You know, like, hey, I'm make sure you guys get home okay, and, and and but diving back in. So you've gone to the
1: doctor. With the doctor, they um, prescribed me .25 of Xanax. Okay, is that just to ease the nerve? That was to to try to keep you. You know, if you felt like one coming on, to pop a pill. Okay. .25. So I did the .25, and then. Uh, started out with that, so if I started getting the feeling yeah. that it was coming on, and what what would
0: cause it? Couldn't tell you. It just just came it would just come on. It's like you could be with a group of friends, and all of a sudden it would just come on. Correct. So it wasn't it wasn't like a moment. It was something internal that you just didn't and you never got a feeling of what it was. No,
1: I mean I just something would trigger. I, I would, that's how I looked at it. I uh, Something triggered, like um, I didn't want to do, so, or I, I don't want to say I want to do something. If you remember me, if someone said, hey, Matt, what do you think about us doing this? Okay, they would come to the room and I'd say, what do you okay. think about going out here? Okay, we went and saw they were going to do a night landing of uh, the space shuttle. Yeah. What do you think about us going out there, Matt? I'm like, let's do it. We all get in the, you know, everybody piles in different cars and we head out to Cocoa Beach. And, you know, it's two in the morning. I never, if anybody said, hey, let's do something. You want to go, Matt? You know, and I'm like, yes. I was always on board to do something. Yeah. You know, I mean, I thought it was great. I thought, let's just do it. Let's have fun. I never once thought about, you know, was there, oh, wait a minute. I got to go to work. I never thought about that. I just,
0: yeah, let's do it. And then we all got in the cars and go. And I think that's what, while you were going through this process, for those of us on the outside, even though we were in your inner group, and I hope I hope a lot of people that went to Weber back in the day see this, is we all, you were just a part of our life. You just kind of had a, you couldn't do stuff solo anymore. And And I think it was like, oh, he'll get over it. He'll get over it. And as you said, it was 10 to 15 years. We all graduated and we moved on. Well, actually, I didn't. I stayed there until 1998. (laughs) And you stayed there till much longer. But you became a worker and you became successful and you became a homeowner. But you were still dealing with this and you dealt with it in such a... At the time, I'm going to say, my God, doesn't he want to just do stuff by himself? But now I think about it, you dealt with it in such a mature way so that you could still live life. You just had to live life with a partner. Maybe not the partner you chose. Is that correct? That's correct. Well,
1: you know, yeah, no, that's correct. I mean, I had to ask people. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, that was the, I'll tell you what, the most embarrassing to at that someone, moment, at, that moment. At, at my age. Yeah. To say that I had to ask someone, could you ride with me? Now, nine, nine out of ten times, they wouldn't ask. Some people are like, oh, yeah, you know, hey, we're just going there. So, yeah, yeah of course we'll go. But sometimes I'm like, I'm going to have to, sometimes they're going to say, I don't want to go. And then what do I do? Yeah. And now I'm nervous because I really need to go to this place, and I can't go. Yeah. Because in my inside, I'm thinking
0: I can't make it there. Something's going to happen. Yeah. yeah.
1: That's you know what I mean. And, That's and,
0: it. And and that was the part that I wanted to get to was you've had this diagnosis, you have this problem. There may have been times you may you may have been able to just go just fine, but there's this fear inside of holy What's shit if happen? I, if I get in this car right now by myself. And that was the thing I think I wanted to talk about was you did not live solo for those years. Because you justified or had to put in your mind, I have to have someone, something. How did you you get to the point that it was, I just need someone with me? You were okay if someone was with you. You drove school vans. You drove teams all over the... Freaking country. And nobody knew. But because you were with people? That's it. As I long as you are could not listening. drive
1: alone. Really? And when I say I couldn't drive alone,
0: um, when I, I live... Gracie's really comfortable. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> I'm like, she's climbing up on there. Girl, I'm this like, is the oh. best
0: podcast I've ever done in my life. <laughs> hey, guys. We had to take a little potty break. All of us. Matt, Trey,
2: Ann,
0: and... Gracie, girl, we all had to go potties. So we're back. We were talking about uh, the diagnosis and where you were, what happened, like what that meant and getting the help and asking people for help. Yeah, so when after
1: going to the doctor, or after going to the doctor, then it was suggested that I see a psychiatrist. And, you know, again, when someone says that, you're like, I'm not crazy.
0: I'm not fucking nuts, man. Yeah, listen, (laughs) you know, I'm like, I'm not crazy. I don't need,
1: but I understood what they were talking about. And I remember the first one I went to see, Trey, it it was this guy. At first, you know, he's like, oh, what are you thinking? And things like that. And, you know, I'm talking to him. No, I'm not laying on a couch. And he's sitting behind me. You know, I was, he, you know, of course, he's like, wherever you want to sit and, you know, just be relaxed. Um, I went to him a couple, I would say, I, I would continue to go to him, I was going to him maybe once, uh, once a week, maybe once every two weeks. There was one time he wanted to do like a deep thought conversation and, and by doing that, you know, close your eyes and he kind of just, you know, relax and you know, talk about, you know, your childhood, you know, and that to me, I thought was strange. And I was like, I had a great childhood. I had yeah. a great, I, I was like, you know, and I just felt like he was trying to bring up stuff that didn't need to be brought up, yeah. if that makes sense. And so I do remember one day in his office, I started to get a panic attack. I mean again just
0: out of, just nowhere. Out of nowhere
1: sitting okay. there talking and all of a sudden i'm you know i'm just i'm i'm like oh my god i'm not you know i don't feel. and i said something to him and he said i like to watch and i said what and he said i want i want to see you go through the panic attack and i'm like how about a pill here you know i'm like <laughs> and, and i mean i didn't say it straight up to him yeah. but i'm thinking in the back of my mind are you kidding me? Wait a minute! You're a, do- a psychiatrist about this, and you're asking me. I want to see see you go through it. I'd like to do a study. Yeah, I mean, for, you know, legitimately. Yeah. That's how it was. How it felt. Let me tell you. After that, after that episode, I said, I, I cut it. I said, no, nah, I got to find yeah. someone else. And so I went to the next doctor. I have to say, I must have gone through three or four doctors. Now, I mean, I did, I did go see one that he couldn't prescribe, prescribe medication. All the other ones, I just didn't, you know, you have to find someone that you feel not protected, but you feel friendly or you can open up to. Yeah. And so at the time, I was, my dosage had increased on Xanax. And I went from 0.25 to one milligram, to two and a half milligrams. Wow. To three milligrams. Because they were getting worse or? It was, those, those 0.25 wasn't doing anything. And I know, I know if you read in a Xanax bottle or if you read what Xanax, it'll say don't drive heavy machinery. You know, okay. don't, uh, don't have alcohol with this and stuff like that. Obviously it's all warning signs. Again, does it affect everybody? Probably not. But I got to a point, Trey, in my life that um, I wasn't just at point, so from 0.25 to three, from three to three and a half, three and a half to four, four to five. How many years was this? This was a span, I would say, of 10 years. So you went through? Maybe it could have been a little bit less. Okay. And in that span, I was up to nine, popping nine milligrams a day. Whoa. Now, if you look at Xanax, and also we read about, I read about it. There was, besides doing the Xanax, I was also doing Zoloft. Now, Zoloft's a non-addicting drug. They, they say Zoloft is for panic, whereas Xanax is for anxiety. Um, but I was doing nine, someone overdosed on 14 and died. Now, I read that and I'm thinking, I'm popping nine a day and it's not making me, listen, if you pop nine, you might be out. You might be out for a
0: long time. I mean, we did Coke, like, excuse me, but yeah, we did, we did Coke. Right, you're doing, you're doing like prescription pills. Prescription pills
1: that are costing (laughs) me $120 a month. And I'm going through a month's supply like this. Yeah. That was for five years.
0: It wasn't 10. It was five years. And and this is while you're working full time.
1: Yeah. I'm, at, I'm not working at Disney. No. I was done it with Disney. And yes, I was working at Weber and I was living on the campus. Yeah. And I was living in an apartment there and I was working full time. You're absolutely correct. And I remember I... Um, I remember I met a doctor over in Winter Haven. Um, Cannot remember her name. Oh, was Cindy or something like that. She had said to me, you've got to come off of Xanax. She said, you have been on it. She said, by the age of 30, at the age of 30, you'll start losing your memory. Oh, for the the amount of Xanax that I was popping I would lose my memory, and you know that scared me. I was like, yeah. "Ugh!" And so I remember, she prescribed clonopin, okay, and or she's talking about going to clonopin. Now I don't know if you know, Xanax is not something you just come off of and stop. It's something that you taper down and taper off.
0: I don't know. I don't know a lot about it. I just know. I just. I just remember following your path because I was. I was at Weber actively until 1998, and then I kind of left for seven years to go chase the real world right. and get married, but you were still there, and then I remember at some point them saying, Matt's able to do his own thing anymore, but during that, whether that span was 94, after, we, after I graduated till 98, through more, you and I stayed in contact because the fact that my dad was still there. My dad was at Weber and you were helping with athletics and you were doing stuff. So we stayed in contact. That's what I wanted to get in contact with you is you went through this process. You're taking these pills, trying to balance it out. Like I can't live on my own. I can't drive on my own, but can I live a normal life? Although I can't have my own life. Can I live a normal life? And you were doing the best you could because, yes, you lived on campus for a while, but then you bought your own home. You had your own car, you just couldn't take it anywhere by yourself.
1: No, matter of fact, you know, on the call, some of the, I would have to call Steve Warner. And I said, Steve, you know, and he was living in uh, Winter Haven, just down 544. And I said, Steve, do you mind coming by the house and following me in? I mean, I had yeah. to have someone follow yeah. me in, and at that age to say, "Could you follow me in?" And you know what? He never once said no. He would come to the door, he said, "I oh, listen, I'm outside," and he would follow me to work. and, my, and, and everybody, a lot of people say, well, why, "Why that? I'm right? Because knowing that someone is back there, again, triggering the
0: mind is if something happens, someone's there. And you just and I think I think the baffling thing is the arrogant side, the asshole has holeish side is dude, just get over it. Yes. But you, you you there was nothing to get over. It was I don't know why I don't know why it's here. And right. that was and I'm gonna be quite honest, at this point, I think by the two thousands I was married. I mean and you were still I think you were still battling. You were finishing up, but you were battling it still, I think. Because you were still at Weber in 2000. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you had a roommate. You owned a house. Like That's the part I think people don't understand is you were a grown man (laughs) who owned a home, owned a car. But in order to go places, you had a roommate so that you didn't have to live by yourself. And you had someone always with you when you went somewhere. And I'm not making light of it. Yes, I think if I'm truthful, we're like, dude, just get over it. But it's a real thing. The anxiety part we all knew that was real back when it happened. But why does it take ten years to get over? Do you have an answer for that? Why did it take ten years? I don't.
1: I mean, that that being said, you know, I had a lot of I had a lot of family members tell me you got to get off Xanax. You got to get off these pills. You got to stop taking pills. Eh. You need to, you need to just, you know, get into your rightful mind. You need to stop. You know, you're not, you're, 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 um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? You're altering. Uh, not altering, but you're absorbing the, you know, it's, you know, you're connected with the, you're addicted.
0: Oh, And so, you're not. so you're a druggie. I
1: don't know. They They never said druggy to yeah. me, but and I told them. I said, um, as long as it making me feel okay, I will stay on them. Yeah. And I'm like, you can have your opinion, and I can have mine, and that's it. It wasn't later till later years passed that same person that said to me. Or a relative that said to me, "You should get off of them and you need to stop them," um, came back and said, "You were absolutely right, Matt. If it makes you feel good and you're getting your life back together," he said, "I was wrong for saying that because now I've gotten, I got those, I'm getting anxiety back again."
0: Well, that's what I wanna, I wanted to also tonight say, I apologize because. You were our friend, and we ribbed you, but we also made light of your situation. And just being mature and reading a lot and listening to a lot of stuff, I realized, that's fucking dick. I'm sorry. But we didn't know the depth of, we didn't understand it. We see it now, and it's like, oh, that's, yeah. We understand in the nineties through 1998, 2000, we were like, suck it up, man. You're fine because you were doing everything we were doing. You were with us. You were going places. You were, you just couldn't do it on your own. Like where I might hop in the car and drive to North Carolina for a weekend, you had to have someone to help you do that. And it wasn't because you wanted them to help you it's because something may happen. And there are people in your life that random people who meant a lot. And and Mike, he's passed. He's gone now, but by God, that man got you through a lot of shit Mm -hmm. to work from work, live with you, help you. And, I want to know I want to know the depth of what it felt like because it couldn't have felt like I partied. I did I did stupid shit. I had a good time. You had this thing inside of you that you couldn't control. I want to know the depth of the turmoil that caused in you. Well, that being said, okay, so when,
1: when I was going back on the medication, yeah. when I'm doing nine, mil, so I'm doing the nine milligrams, yeah. you're, you're, you're okay. I get back to the, I get back to the apartment at Weber that was in between Grace mm-hmm. and Camilla.
0: And I, I lived at in the, that apartment. Oh, did you? Yes, I did. When the Sabahs, when the Sabahs were there, my parents, dad and Stella and myself, we lived in that apartment to take care of one of the Sabah brothers. Oh, wow. I never yeah. knew that. Yeah. We lived okay. in between the two dorms. So
1: it was a Friday. I had gotten back, I looked at the prescription and the prescription read, "Now I had I want to say maybe four Xanax left." Okay? So I'm thinking, "Okay, I got the prescription. I'm going to go get some more." And the prescription said Clonopin. And and straight I my mouth dropped. I'm like, w- w- wait a minute? Where's the Xanax?" This she was take she took me off Xanax cold turkey, and to go to Clonopin. Yeah, and when I say cold turkey, going from nine milligrams of
0: Xanax to one milligram of Clonopin. And what is what is what is Clonopin for the for the for the lay people, person? The
1: Clonopin is a it, again it's just an anxiety it's just to relax you. Um, anxiety is or sorry Clonopin is. If you take, you know, I'll take like today to this, to this day, I take two milligrams. Okay. So I take one milligram in the morning time, 730. And then my next one I take is 730 at night. Okay. Okay. Now let's say, and does it, does it still happen? It does. I occasionally get up now. There'll be some nights I'll get up and I'll be like, you know, I'll get caught off guard, and all of a sudden, instead of knowing I can manage it, okay? There's ways of managing mm-hmm. anxiety. Deep breaths. Um, think, it, having your mind think of something else. Now, have I got caught up in different things? Yes. I'll be the first to admit to you that there's times I've had to call my parents. And, you know, and right when I pick up the phone, I'm having an anxiety attack. And I know it. I know I am, but I'm now into it so much that, yeah. and all I need is someone to say, talk about something else. And my dad will say, he'll start asking me questions because he knows. And then one, once you got the mind off of it and the mind's thinking about something else, it's done.
0: Okay. So so, so, it's, not, so it's not, even though it's 2023, Mm-hmm. And we're talking 1998, and you are... 92. 92.
2: Yeah.
0: You are... You're here. You're here. You're we're in your beautiful home. You work. You live on your own. You got this gorgeous, gorgeous girl who wants to be a part of the... <laughs> by the way, you have very wet jowls. You've been drinking water. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. There's still those moments.
1: There's still those moments. And you know what? Uh, there was a time, you know, I, I couldn't drive down to, if I'd lived here, I couldn't drive to Lake Wells. Really? There was a time I couldn't drive from
0: here to downtown Winter Haven. Really? Yeah. But now you can. I can. How does that work during the, do you not have those moments now? So it wasn't a driving thing. It was a driving thing in
1: the beginning. Okay, Okay. so it was a driving thing to where I couldn't be, again, if I was in the car by myself, I would get anxiety attacks, and it was like, I'm like, you know, and I would pull off the road, and I would, you know, but there was a time, and I'm sure you know as well, there weren't cell phones. Yeah. Now having a cell phone is a, I can talk to someone, get my mind off of it, and go on. So it's, it's, a, it's a mind, I have to say, it's almost like a mind game. Your conscious mind is telling you, you shouldn't be doing this, or, or you know, this is what's going on. So there was a time that, yes, I couldn't drive. I, I had to have someone follow yeah. me. And, you know, or I would drive to a certain part, and I'm like, who oh, I made it. You know, and, and, and in your mind, you're like, okay, I made it. There's no problem. I, I have no problem now. I, I can do this. So I should be able to do it the next day. Not a, not a chance. Sometimes
2: because, it... good.
1: ahead. No, a chance you wake up and you're like, okay, I would try to prepare myself. Okay, I'm going to make this trip. Okay? And then and, and prepare my mind that I'm going to make this trip.
0: Well, I guess, I guess my thought is, is like, as, as the person that sees it from the outside, dude, I watched you carry students all over the USA. Do trips, do things with people. You just couldn't do it on your own.
2: That's correct.
1: And here's the other thing: when I was doing those trips, I was having anxiety attacks, but I covered them up. I didn't. I tried to not let anybody see what was going on. Even though, if as I was in a hotel room by myself, if I got an anxiety attack, I was making phone calls or I'd go down to front desk because you know what. Someone's there. But, you know, they don't know. Yeah, yeah. And then I, I get there. I see the person. And that's all I have to see. And I know, does that sound crazy? Seriously, it does, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. Because to me, it sounds crazy. But that's what I had to do.
0: But that's what you... I guess I guess my thought is, is we're in 2023. And you're still here. And through working at Weber through working at a corp, a large corporation, now working for a, a, a locally successful construction company, you've somehow managed to make that work for you. And girl, you are heavy.
2: <laughs> yeah, she is. But
0: yes. I want to say this too. You you talk so, I'm going to say the wrong word here, but it's you talk so lightly about it like yeah shit i missed the birdie putt it's okay i made a par like you talk so lightly about it but i know there was a darkness to it because for part of that i was a part of and you have many friends around the country and world that's the nice thing about weber is we built relationships with people all over the world right there was a darkness that had to pervade at some point how dark did it get
1: i would have to say okay so when i was so when i found out that i had to taper off or not taper off, she was just doing cold cold turkey because i called her and she said you're gonna you're gonna do cold turkey yeah and i'm like i thought that's not and she (laughs) said you're gonna do it she said just keep in your mind that she said take the klonopin Instead of the Xanax, I'm dropping nine right. milligrams down to to one. You burped on me, and so that that evening it was a Friday night, Saturday. What'd
0: that feel like? Now, were you living alone or at this point, or are you still? Yes, living? I was living alone. Oh,
1: I think so. Or if, if someone was there, they weren't there. Did the I, wall start closing in, or the wall? I um I literally banged my head against the concrete wall until
0: I bled. Really. I was it, joking about that. Like you were did no, serious. Dead so it was, it, it
1: freaked you out. It did. Cause I felt that, you know, all the things that I read and that's maybe, maybe that's my fault. I should have never read that. Yeah. I should have never read the stuff about tapering off and things like that. And, <laughs> um, but it's girl. I, I, I banged my head against the wall until I, until there was blood and, I was just, and, and, and I, I was crying. I mean, I was just crying, you know, profusely. And I called my parents. And, you know, you know, and I remember.
0: And we're not young. So, like, calling your parents at, yeah. at that point in your life is like, I don't want to call mom and dad. Like, no. mommy, daddy, I need your help. But you know what? My, I
1: have to say my mom and dad are not just my mom and dad. They're like my best friends. Yeah. And my mom had, she was claustrophobic, so she knew anxiety. You know, everybody's Ooh, got a I, form. I
0: need to talk to your mom because I, I still have claustrophobia.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Everybody has a form of anxiety yeah. in some way. Yeah,
0: Claustrophobic. Um, what are you
1: doing? There's people that don't like people in the car with them that only can drive by themselves. Oh, Because I'll be, be the first to admit. I used to drive. I would work from Greenleaf. And as soon as I got off at Greenleaf, my family would be over in Vero Beach. And that night, I would drive over to Vero Beach by myself. But, you know, there was times that I was in the van with my parents coming, and we're going down 60. There's nothing out there. I mean, not like it is now, but nothing nothing out out there. Well, there's really nothing out there, yeah. (laughs) Driving 60, and I would have an anxiety attack with them in the vehicle. Really?
0: I would. So it wasn't just an alone thing? No,
1: it wasn't not always a alone thing. Most of the time, it was a alone thing but it could happen you know and for whatever reason for the again, fear of
0: for the fear of to this day the fear of fear and, and that's that's a, that that is that it's, is one of the best phrases i've heard like besides the be curious not judgmental from ted lasso yeah phrase great show movie or show the, by the way yes the fear of the fear correct i, I feel like guys the fear of the fear what are you fearing are you fearing the fear like i'm fearing death
1: yeah i don't i don't so if you want to know to, um a lot of people a lot of people said i think you all oh, you said in the beginning did you ever and you said can, did you ever have suicidal thoughts yeah and you know
0: that was actually off tape, but we can talk about that. That was I, off tape. I actually wanted to ask you about that. Did you, did you ever have those fears? And
1: you know what? I think there was a couple times I felt like, "What is my point here on the earth?" Yeah. You know, and 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 why am I? Did I have? Did I was gonna? Would I ever kill myself? No, because you know what? I'm scared to die.
0: I. You know what's funny? Let's talk about that because I'm 51 now. You're 50. 53.
1: 4, 4, 54, sorry you
0: can be younger, it's fine yeah, you, you I can feel lie. younger,
1: yes, I'm the new
0: 25 Right. I uh, the whole thing about dying people are like, oh you have to break we've had a lot of family members die I have family members that are sick we've had dude, I'm having fun in life yeah. I don't want I don't want to go away but I also haven't, I, I have my own demons that I deal with You've had this demon that you've, it it came out. Like, it came out. The ghost of Christmas past type right, thing. Right, It came out. You have, in your own way, conquered it. I can see where you were like, no, man, I'm good. Like, I'm good. But am I really good? Like, for mm-hmm. me, I'm, I'm, I'm not done, but I don't know my full purpose yet. I don't know, as you and I talked, there's a lot of things going on that I'm trying to work on and I'm doing. So I'm not ready to be done. Exactly. You, but I also, I also haven't gone through those massively emotional traumatizing events that, well, maybe I am done. You've conquered that and you're still kind of wondering, okay, I've made it through this, but what's the point? Like you have a good career now, you have a good job, you've had you've had fun. You live in a beautiful you live in a beautiful neighborhood, you 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 have you have a cool by the way, he has a really badass jeep. We're we're jeep we're Jeep buddies. <laughs> yes. He's got a really cool ass jeep. And and like he's got a cool life. But to the point of this anxiety, well I have this thing that I have to battle. Why the hell what 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 the hell is the purpose of it?
1: Well, it's it's interesting you said that. You know, having uh, uh, the fear, I don't go to funerals. Mm. Um, I don't. So you're uh, a race
0: car driver. What's that? Race car drivers don't go to funerals either. Right. No.
1: Um, oh, that's what I've heard. Sorry. And so I don't I don't go to funerals. Um, and, and my family
0: understands that. I don't. Nobody says you're. But before you before you continue, you're Catholic. I am. There's a faith there. You are a faith, but you have been to the Mecca of Catholicism. I have,
1: and that was a it was a moving moment. So, but with all that
0: being said, the faith, the doctors, because I'm gonna pull up a really random Lance Armstrong, okay, in his book when he was diagnosed with testicular cancer a lady gave him an upside down cross and he continues to wear it. And people are like, Oh my God, 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 God. And he's like, what about the doctors that helped me survive? I don't know if they were Christian. I don't know. But what about the medicine? Yeah. There's this faith thing that you all talk about. I don't know your faith. I don't, I don't, I don't need to know, but you you are of the catholic faith but you've also been through every medical portion psychiatry psychiatry psychology pharmaceutical and catholicism your faith and also hypnotized okay
1: so with a real hypnotist not someone that came on stage and was doing it not on a
0: ship (laughs) not on a ship (laughs) So, so explain to me how your parents are also, also Catholic. Explain to me how the realm of religion and medicine and faith, all that ties into where you are now. Because I actually truly, I'm kind of sometimes like, at some point, like I've watched you, I've watched you since we were kids to now not kids. Right. We could have grandchildren type right. thing. grow and grow into the person you are how do those pieces fit together because if i'm if i'm a and i'm not a super faith person i know that's going to blow some people's minds sorry but i appreciate those that are how does the faith continue to be faith when you're like excuse my french what the fuck am i going through and why
1: so there was a there was a time and period that I always said, "Why me, God?" Yeah. What you know? What have I done wrong? <laughs> yeah. To deserve this, but you know what? That's the, that's the big thing is not to ask why. Okay. Okay. Always been told, you, you know, you read it in books. Have I read a lot of anxiety books? Yes, I have. I'm like, I don't know if those are good or not. I don't. I, I think you have to. You have to plan your own, your own way. You have to find your own peace. Wait, so you you're in charge of your own destiny, is that what you're saying? Do I believe in God? Yes, a hundred percent. Do I practice the Catholic faith? Do I go to church?
0: No more. Um, partial. I don't want to get you in trouble. I just
1: no, you're okay. not. Okay. You know what? But here's the thing. You know, and people are like, okay, well, you're Catholic, and what? I don't, I don't believe that I have to confess my sins to a priest. I don't believe that I have to go and listen to a priest. That I still can pray to God, and still ask for forgiveness, and still talk to God at night. When I want, you know, yeah. I, you know, not and and pray for others and still that he hears me what's the difference of me going to church and, talk, and you know listening to a priest because I think now more than ever unfortunately religions are now and I don't know how everybody else is religion and nor do I
2: yeah.
1: is it my place to judge probably not um, well it's not but religion is getting political and it's always been said that religious and politics should be separate
0: for your, for your point though, is there, and I say this with a tad bit of trepidation, is there a bit of angst because you were a good soldier? You didn't drink, you did the right things. Hey, why are you giving me this? Like, what's the purpose? Is there a little bit of, like, angst in the... Like... It's interesting you said that. So it's not...
1: You're saying, like, angst against the religion? Yeah,
0: like, dude, yeah. like, dude, I, I didn't do anything wrong. Like Why are you giving me this? Oh,
1: hi. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's not angst about that, but you brought up a, a, a part that um, if we can, if you want me to veer off into the religion part of it, um, when I was 13 years old, we lived in St. Louis, Missouri, Okay. and I had my appendix. No, not appendix. Sorry, I had my tonsils out. My tonsils and adenoids. Now, now it's now it's like a overnight surgery. Yeah, you get some now, ice cream. And yeah, you need to get it yeah, yeah. yeah. And and Trey, I was. I was, um, there was a uh, priest that was at the hospital. You know, and he went room to room to, to, to you know, and, and that kind of thing. And he had said, or he made friend, or he came to see me and stuff like that. And he met my family and, you know, that kind of thing. And it got to be, I mean, very nice gentleman, you know what I mean, a nice priest, everything. and. Um, we, had, my, you know, parents invited him over to dinner. I mean, I was in the hospital for a week yeah. with that, just getting those out. Yeah. And um, he came over, and, you know, he had dinner and things like that, and he became friends of the family. And um, he had talked about going on a camping trip. Invited me if I wanted to go camping. Thought it was kind of cool. I was like, yeah, you know, that sounds great, you know. And, Um, Said he'd pick me up on a Friday and he was there Friday and we loaded up, I think it was like 13 or 14. And um, I remember we got in and I said, well, I kind of want to wait for my dad to say goodbye to him. Because, you know, always say goodbye to mom and dad, stuff like that. And uh, he said to me, he goes, oh, we need to get out to the campsite and everything. I don't want to be too late on the road. And... And so, I remember we drove off, and as we're driving, my dad passed. I'm like, oh, it's my dad, let's just turn around and go say, you know, I say goodbye. He's like, no, we're gonna keep going. I said, okay, you know, I didn't think much of it. And we got out to the campsite, I think it was on a lake. I can't remember where it is. I'll be honest with you, I can't remember where it is. And it got, um, we were in the camper, and we were, we were in, it was like the top bunk or something, and together, and he molested me, and uh, I was,
2: I was
0: pissed too.
1: Yeah, and I was really upset.
0: <laughs> I didn't, I Francie
1: didn't do style. it, I didn't do it. I was really upset. And I told him I wanted to go home the next day. I said, I, I need to go. We need to go home. Did you moment. ever tell anybody? He threatened me, Trey. He threatened me when we got back to his place. He said to me, if you ever tell your mom and dad, you'll go straight to hell. And they,
0: they'll, uh, and. Um, How do you continue your faith then? That's the, that's the part that I'm, I struggle with. How do you continue the faith? I was scared. I was scared,
1: I was 18 years old. Yeah. I was scared, he told, he said to me, oh no, sorry, I was 13, 13, 14 years yeah. If you tell your parents, you will, you're going you know, you're gonna suffer and your parents will suffer as well. Listen, you know, and what do you say to yeah. that? What do you say at that age, you know? So my thing was to him is, as I left his apartment and my dad arrived, I told him, I said, I hope you go to hell.
0: And I walked out. And, but, But you're supposed to continue Your faith. And let's jump forward to 22, 23. Those moments, like, there are moments in my life that shaped me. Right. That I, as I told you, I can't remember a lot of stuff. But there are moments that, and I don't know if they're true or if I fabricated fabricated them. But there are moments in my life that are etched in there. So for you, with this anxiety, you had this, which we've heard multiple mm-hmm. stories mm-hmm. of people having these priestly events that occur to them. Yeah. You're 22. You're working. you got a good job. You're doing something. You have this issue. You go through 15 years of your life. How do we know that at thirteen, this wasn't the event that something happened on the job site that led you to that event?
1: We don't. You know what? I never even thought about it that way. I never. And do you know? I did not tell my parents because I was nervous. I was afraid. Yeah. Do you know? Wasn't I? I wasn't. I didn't tell them until eighteen years old.
0: Do you know? There's an event that happened when my dad. I'll I'll tell you how old this event was. Mm -hmm. My dad had a Toyota Corolla. We had a Toyota Corolla station wagon. And we lived at the base of Seminole Road. And my dad drove us home from a Weber party. Drunk. And we hit a stump and jumped. And to this day that is one of those moments in my mind when i see events happen of people driving drunk or people doing stuff and i can only imagine i'm like and my dad was my hero like my hero he's been my hero he's it was just a moment in time sure and i was okay nothing bad happened to me it was just we jumped in the toyota corolla on a stump I can't imagine being 13 years old having this, and I'm sorry, I'm going to say catastrophic event because I've read, I don't know how many stories or listened to so many podcasts of those same types of events that happen to a 22-year-old friend at college who can't drive home from work. (laughs) But But I don't know the correlation and that's the part that I think we all get I think someone like you who struggles who has struggled I won't say you struggle now you may do you struggle now or are you I don't think I struggle now no okay so you struggled with but you have conquered because I want to make sure I said it correctly I
1: would say yeah you For the most part yes I you, mean there's still some hiccups
0: yeah but you conquered it but those that struggle with it dude Maybe diving into it a little more early on is where we need to go. I don't. I don't know the answer. I'm literally. I've listened to a seven part series on uh, transgender athlete athletes. All right. So we've had another break. We had to take uh, Gracie out to go potties, and Matt also had to go potty. So we're in round three now. This is part three. We're diving into we've talked about the history. We've talked about the anxiety. We've talked about the molestation and we're going to dive a little further into that now. And, and we talked about if that was possibly a precursor, which (coughs) Matt's admitted, like he doesn't know, but we're going to dive further into what that not being able to say anything felt like.
1: Yeah. So, When that happened, so when I, you know, then when I told my parents, they're like, why didn't you come, why didn't you tell us? And I told them the reason why. And, you know, they felt bad, you know, because my dad was, you know, my parents were big into the Catholic religion. And, you know, and, you know, because we went to church every Sunday, like a typical family. I mean, your dad wore
0: a kilt sometimes. I mean, you were straight up, you were were deep into the, Yes. You know, and
1: and you know, and, and I understood it, and I think the fact of, and you know, I said, well, I was, you know, he threatened, I was scared, da da da, yeah, and so. Um, it was, I don't know how long ago it was. I want to say maybe five years ago, maybe four years ago, something came up about him, the priest, huh? which he would have been probably about 90 years old. I always wondered, you know. You know, I at first, you know, my I remember my mom and dad saying to me, "Do you want to go after? Do you want to go after him? Do you want to? Yeah. Do you want to press Well, which it was probably, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I think I actually talked to a lawyer about it, and the state of Missouri was actually bringing something up about Catholic priests, and they were. Uh, I actually spoke to a lawyer. About my situation, Um, but they said it was kind of out of the, uh, what's the, yeah, the time frame. The time frame, yes. So nothing, I never, nothing came about it. I read it, but we found an article about him, and he had said he was hoping that as many kids that he had done this to, that he'd hope they had forgotten. 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 So, Trey, it's not... How do you forget? Exactly. I didn't forget. I mean, that's not something you just forget. Yeah. Okay? And I'm like... I, I was like, what does this mean? Well, not only did... Here, here was the clincher. The Catholic Church knew this was going on. And beside... Instead of ousting him or...
0: Instead of at least tell me they moved him somewhere.
1: They, yes, they moved him to another diocese. yeah. which guess what? He just did it again, yeah. And they kept moving him around. Instead of, instead of admitting that this guy was not worthy to be a priest, not worthy to serve God, not worthy, in my eyes, and allowed this to continue, they condoned
0: it. And for that... And and so I'm going to ask you this because between these two issues, between the anxiety and this, like, how the hell do you have any faith?
1: Because I I believe in God. Okay. Okay? I believe in God. I believe that we all bear our crosses. And, And you know what? Anxiety... I got anxiety for a reason. And I always believed that down the road if i can help someone else with anxiety i'll be more than happy to i if someone needs to talk to me if a family member has it or you know wants to talk about it or if this podcast can reach other people and they want to reach out to me and ask me what what can i do to get by this or get past this and Uh, things that I learned or I thought to myself is I I remember you know I said to you that when people said hey man let's do this let's do that I did it now or back when I said to myself I'm not going to just jump out there and do stuff I'm gonna do stuff if I want to do it if I want to do it and someone wants to go with me and do it great and anytime a relationship anytime I got into a relationship You know, I would tell, I would tell, you know, up front that I have anxiety and, you know, but did I I covered up most of the time. They they never, you know, the women never knew. Yeah. And then that was okay because, you know, you know, there could be a lot of questions. Did I mind answering a lot of questions? No, I don't mind answering questions. I don't mind someone wanting to talk about it because I can talk about it. I've known it. I've been through it. I know what it's like it can't kill you it makes you feel like you can it makes like you feel like you're just you know what am i doing what's going on you know would it be better and as you say that never thinking about suicidal but would it be better if i wasn't here
2: yeah no that
1: pain would be gone yeah you know i wouldn't have to live through it but at the same time you wouldn't have done the things you've done when I've done the things I've done, and do I, to this point, to this day and age, okay, have I overcome it? I have overcome a lot of situations. Do I drive to work every day? Yes, I do. Now, am I good at driving at nighttime? Not so much. Is that because you can't see
0: or is it because you get nervous?
1: Nervous. Okay. Because you know what? There's not that many people on the road.
0: There's, time, there's times that I'm like, <laughs> dude. I used to do this all the time. This is a little bit sketchy now, but I, so yeah. I don't know if it was.
1: No, and you know what? But like when you, I drove football. Alone? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I drove football. There was two of us in the truck. Okay, he, the person would be asleep. It would be Tyler or it would be Steve Razzle, and they'd be asleep. But there would be times I got I got anxious, but, you know, I just fought through it. Or I would stop, and then I'd get gas or something. Yeah. I'd fill up that I'd a snack. I need a snap. I just need to take a break yeah, yeah. and I walk in. They didn't. They may have known it. Maybe they didn't know it, but they knew of the situation. But you know what? A lot of things that got got me by was friends and family. And if it wasn't for friends and family, it may have been
0: different. Yeah. It may have been completely different. You, you. I will say, and, and as much as we, the whole point of this was is the beginning of when we were. In our early 20s in college having fun living the mat life doing everything that, you know like you i didn't actually do a lot of the stuff that you went out and did because as much as i was the partier i don't know if they just didn't correspond with the right time frame for me i didn't actually get to do a lot of the going out to orlando and that kind of stuff with you I wish you did but i think yeah. you
1: were dating
0: yeah at think, the time yeah and you you there had were there were things going style. on but but you were living this life. So we, we all thought like, ah, it's okay. And then when it got real real, when we were all workers after, after 94, when I graduated and you were still working at Weber and I was working at Weber and it was like, wait, he, 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 he bought a house, but he can't drive himself to work. And I'm not going to lie. Like we kind of made fun of the situation. Because I was youthful and I didn't understand. And then as I started to learn and grow and do it, we kind of realized, and then you and I have separated because of life. And then we came back together and we became, we we reestablished the friendship. It was like, wait a second. Last time I knew him, he couldn't do things. And now he's got this career. he's, He's on his own. He's, And I'm not making light of the fact that you couldn't drive on your own. I mean, we were just talking about a friend that we have that, like, what happened? Like, there's something, obviously something happened to this friend that we have that, why is he living this life? Things happen in life. But you have gone from this solo person to I can't do anything to now this solo person again. And it's like the, the accomplishment in the, you've, as you said, somewhat conquered it. And I know you still deal with it. And I guess that's my kind of end is, how do you deal with it so that you can live this freedom, this freedom life now?
1: So I, I, um, I lived with, when I worked for Modern Services after mm-hmm. Weber, and I went to work for them, I was a salesman up in this area yeah. for refrigeration, plumbing, and electric. And I remember, we would get I would get calls, and we were we were inside Lows, different Lows. Um, we had six different Lows, but I can't remember what the reason was. Oh, I had gotten a call that I needed to go to Traverse, Florida. <laughs> Actually, that's where Michelle is tonight in Taviris. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Do you know? Okay, that's past Orlando. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's it's that's up, up there. there. Okay. So for me to, and I was in. I want to say I was in Lake Wales, and I was told, no, sorry, I was in Frostproof, and I was told I had to go up there to talk about an air conditioning, which I sold it, but I thought to myself, that's way up there. But I'm like, in the back of my mind was, this is my job. I've got to go there. One way or another, I've got to make it. Yeah. And I'll be the first to admit that I got to a part like East West Expressway, and I was like... But, you know, I started to get, I started to feel, you know, my heart was starting to race a little bit. And I said to my mom, I said, or I called her, I said, I'm doing it, but I may need some help along the way. And she says, I'm here. Call me if you need me. Then I would hang up the phone and I kept driving and I made it, made the sale, drove back. And I was proud. I was like, man, you know, Matt, you can do this. Yeah. You did this. You can do this. But yeah, at that moment in time I could do it. That doesn't mean that it was gonna be the next day and I would be able to do it.
0: But But doesn't that as simplistic as that seems and is like if you're just arrogant or assholish, you're like fuck dude, like you, you drove to the various, who cares? Yeah. I I'm I'm looking at it as like there was a moment there was a time in your life you couldn't drive from Weber to Burns Avenue, which is You're three point right. two miles. You know what else I couldn't
1: have done? I didn't. Um, there was times that I wouldn't take a shower. I was afraid to get in the shower. Why? Because the fear of what if I fell in the shower? Ooh. Who's going to know that I'm in the shower?
0: So this, these things, yes. just they just cre- they just crept in. What What are some other ones?
1: Okay, the shower was one of them. The fear of not, or, and, and I remember I was up in Nags Head and with my some of my family, not my parents, but some of my family. And they, I guess my family re- realized I wasn't taking a sh- shower every day. And, you know, and, and they said something to my parents or like, you know, Matt didn't, And I said, I, I just had the fear of it, that something's gonna happen, that
0: I'm gonna fall in the shower. I don't want to blow. I don't want to. I don't want to send you in a weird swivet here. But my uncle, very prominent attorney in Polk County, he went on his golf trip, and he had a heart attack and died in the shower. So that fear is. Did that fear come from something? Because I will tell you right now. Like there are times I get in the shower and it's like, "Ooh, this is a little hot." I had. I don't know how to say this. I had syncope. I passed out while going to the bathroom one day. I peed. And it's called, it's a literally thing. It's called. Is it really? Yes. And I fell into our tub. I I peed in our bathroom and I fell into the tub. Wow. And I passed out. I passed out. And I woke up and I was, I walked out into the living room. I didn't, I didn't know anything had happened. I stood up. And I was bleeding. I have a scar on my forehead. This is not a public thing. And I don't know if this will be positive or negative or whatever. But I came out to the living room. And Michelle was like panicked of like, we're calling 911. And I kind of went into a panic mode of, please, no, I'm fine. And I fell down on our bookshelf. For no other reason that i had this pass out moment while i was going to the bathroom and it's called p and i never heard of it yeah so now I, I didn't know anything about it either we searched it and i never went to the hospital i was fine i have a scar on my forehead from it and um we blamed it on one of our dogs to be quite honest like oh they scratched my forehead while we were watching tv or something because That's you like, didn't that. want to say anything
1: yes yeah.
0: And those fears are real. They're the fear of the fear. To this day, I will get in the shower today. Michelle was gone. She had to go show property. I was mowing our property. I had to get a shower to take the dog. The shower got really hot. And I was like, oh, I need to cool the shower. I was afraid. What happens if I if it gets too hot
2: and fear I pass of the out?
0: Fear. Yeah, the fear of the fear. There's nothing logical about it, but it's the fear of what could happen. I was fine. I had been outside all day. The shower was a little too hot. Uh, why does the shower being too hot make me think I'm gonna pass out? If it was too cold you could pass out. Yeah. Because it would yeah. your heat and then the yeah. cold.
1: Yeah, you're right. Again, it's the fear of the fear. That's that's it. Your subconscious mind tells you something could happen, but your mind is saying to you, everything's fine. Yeah. But your subconscious mind takes control of your body, and so, that's it. That's the that's I think that's one of the biggest things. Your subconscious mind. So there would be, be times if, if I felt like an exi- attack was coming on, I'd get myself out of the situation. So they, I mean, a lot of people say, leave the situation. Okay, so w- where am I going to go? Okay, yeah. or get your mind off of it. Okay, sometimes that's hard because your mind is on it. Okay, trying to get away from it. Always helps me is talking to someone because... They can, and I could say, listen, I need to, you know, I'm having anxiety. Those who would know me would say, well, what'd you do today? Yeah. I start talking about that and boom. It's all over. It's all over. Yeah. Then I started, I started talking or thinking, you know, at night doing meditation, you know, or, or listening to, you know, people talking. And I'll tell you what, that puts me to sleep. Because there'd be sometimes I thought, man, I'm not going to be able to sleep, and you know, and um, you know, I would get the fear of, you know, oh, man, if I don't get enough sleep. But I was never like that, you know. I always, I always seemed to wake up. I wake up happy. I go to bed happy. You know what I mean? It, I think that one of the big things is, it's what how many we have all. Everybody has a cross to bear. Everybody has a situation in life. Everybody has. Something they have to they have to deal with, okay, they may not admit it, yeah. you may think they have the perfect life, yeah, we all have demons, yeah I, we, I, don't, I, we don't we yeah. don't we don't all have perfect life no. one way or another, something everybody has something, they may not want to admit it, they may not want to come out with it because they may think someone's going to judge them, but you know what I'm not here to judge anyone. Nor anybody should be judging me.
0: You and I are athletic people. We're both, we both love the athletic side. I, this is the, everybody has demons. I have demons. My hero has demons. Right. Um, my, my hero has demons. I, you'll appreciate this one. I've had people, I, I'll tell people all the time, Like, they'll find out I like golf. Who's your favorite golfer? I'm like, oh, Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods, yeah, Tiger Woods. My God, he. Like, I, I said he's my favorite golfer. I'm not looking to Tiger Woods for marital advice, but business wise, championship wise, golf wise, those three things. I'd sit down and have a meeting with Tiger Woods any day. Sure. I'm able to separate the athlete from the human, Lance Armstrong. Lance Armstrong is still, to this day, one of my favorite athletes. He succeeded in an era where everybody was doing the exact same thing. He just was the first person to actually be judged from that. Right. Every competitor he was competing against was doing the same thing. He was just the best at it. Yeah. And he succeeded seven times in a row doing it. Cool. His cross to bear is he can no longer compete internationally ever. He's still successful.
2: Yeah.
0: And he was still really good he conquered cancer and he still has an athletic prowess that most of us would love to have.
2: Yeah. i have to say.
0: So, when I think of you, you had your cross to bear. You're... There's still things I can draw from you. The persistence. Since you were young and now you're not young (laughs) yes i know i say that with a smile on my face knowing that i i remember when we were young and we're not young anymore (laughs) (laughs) we had square tvs you know we have now 65 inch 70 inch flat screens and we had we had tvs that were like boxes that you like try to pick up and, and uh you're still here What makes, because I think, I I cannot forget the phrase, the fear of the fear and it will not kill you. But there's people that have ended it because of the fear of the fear. Yeah. You now work for a construction company, LCS out of Lake Wales, that that job came because of another job perseverance. One thing led to the other. And that's where you are now in the 50, in your fifties. And why are you still here? Like you could have just said, dude, this is too much. I'm, I'm done. I've, I mean, we weren't even going to touch on the one part, molestation, anxiety, familial pressure. Cause whether or not you and I both agree, there was familiar pressure on both of us that we just kind of dealt with.
2: Yeah. I,
0: when I was at Weber, I mean, I'm going to say this. I don't mean anything mean, but the last time I got hired at Weber, it was a snow job of, Hey, we'll just bring the family name in to try to make everybody feel good about something. We're already going to, we're already going to drop. And it's okay, like that's fine. But that familial pressure of there's a building named after your dad. Like, you and I both dealt with that. We had a name on this campus. You've conquered that. You've conquered anxiety. You've conquered molestation. You've conquered. I won't say failure in a job, but when you lose a job, you kind of it's considered a failure. Yeah, and. and look at you now and you and I both we're kind of in the same realm we're in these new we're in these new things and we work together in the community and we try to work on things and yeah ironically you just completed a project at the school that basically fired you and you
1: know I actually resigned from okay Weber. okay yeah sorry okay. the other job the other job yeah, yeah. fired me yeah
0: so those three realms you were at a school you resigned you were at a company that worked for the school that you got fired from, and now you're back at that school working for those companies that yeah, you separated yourself from. There's a lot of people that would have been like, F this, I'm out. <laughs> and you've just plugged along, and you do it with a smile on your face. And you and I, to this day, I think we have a closer relationship than we had probably since the days that I stayed drunk in college all the time.
1: Yeah, no, I agree with you. I agree with you. I mean, uh, the conversations that we have are phenomenal. And it's about everything. And that's yeah. a good thing. And I enjoy I enjoy them very much. And it makes you think. You know, it's like you they always say you learn something every day. And I have to believe that that's true.
0: Yeah. And, and now where you're working, how are you handling? Because it's a different type of stress now. You have a company that. It's pretty solidly built. Like the company you're working for, LCS, they're 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 pretty solid. They have good contracts. They they're doing things, and we're older, and I'm going through the same process as I'm learning how to be a different role in the in the family business versus being this coach that I've been my whole life. Sure. How are you learning to learn? I've done this. I've done these types of jobs my whole life, and now all of a sudden I'm. You were at lunch the other day. I, I ran into you the other day. You're having lunch with, with one of your construction supervisors who didn't speak English. How, 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 how are you learning how to deal with all that? So it's interesting that, yeah, so
1: um, someone, as a matter of fact, the, one of the, the owners, um, since it's Leo and then his wife, you know, they, it's 50-50, she, said, she asked, how does he translate? How does he talk to um Damien and someone told him that and I do we use the translate on the iPhone and then it works yeah because I'll be the first to admit I don't speak Spanish now he speaks a little English and he we can point to things and I can you know I I started to starting to get pick up little bits here and there that then I'm like okay I know what you're talking about and if I can't and or he doesn't understand what I'm saying, then I do the translate and it's perfect. And then we just sit in the truck and we drive and it's you know, he doesn't we don't say anything to each other, you know. But and is, that doesn't make you anxious? Not one bit. Why is that? What know. makes you anxious? What makes me anxious? Well, so Leo, who owns obviously owns, owns the company, is a very meticulous individual, okay? I'm very organized. Yeah. Okay. I was gonna
0: say, how does that make you anxious? Because like that seems like that's like two perfect people together. So I'm very
1: organized, but he on for coming to the job wise and the the project at hand, he's meticulous about certain things that you know I'm like I would have never thought about that. And now now working with him and seeing it, it only helps me to say, how did I miss that? But does that you know, make you more, does that make you anxious not a bit okay it doesn't make me anxious what I think sometimes I think the big thing that makes me anxious is the lack of communication now am I saying there's a lack of communication with us not no. a bit no because it, it's more of your vendors yes <laughs> yes and we, subcontractors. we don't have to
0: dive into that we'll, we'll, yeah we'll leave that we'll leave that alone
1: subcontractors vendors yes yes I completely agree with you Because I want, I just want to make, not saying, okay, we want to always make our, we want our parents to be proud of us. Yeah. Okay. As a boss, but also as a friend, because I consider him a friend, but he obviously first is my boss and then he's my friend. But when he says, when you're done with work, you're done with work. You don't answer the phone call. If someone calls you, don't answer. I still do, but I because
0: it just. But does that make you anxious? Like when the phone rings and you're like, I don't have to answer, but I have to answer. Does that make you? you... It doesn't
1: make me anxious because because I feel like do you know the thing I've learned a lot about um, being because he gave me power of attorney, so I have the power of attorney as a GC at Lake Wales, Polk County, you know, and within the city and everything. What makes me anxious is, or what I I get people or people I've talked to a lot of people, and I enjoy talking to people, enjoy learning about people, and when people say I called this company, and they never called me back. See, my thing is, we're going to call you back, and we're going to tell you yes, we can do the job. No, we're going to be out for a couple of weeks because we have a big job going on, and we may, you know, and but majority of time leo doesn't have a website and he doesn't need one and the reason i say that is number one he's a subcontractor for walt disney world for the past 30 years yeah okay here's a man that had a truck started one little truck and himself now how he did it you know because he'll say to me matt you know i used to do all this by myself which i can't understand how he could yeah.
0: because you kind of to watch me it's a team effort it's kind of like the gentleman that built our barn Yeah. And we look at the facility that we have and he'll tell us, he told us, yeah, this is the reason the entrance is here because that was where there was no trees and I could get in easier and I built all the fences myself. And I'm like, I haven't been able to rebuild any of these fences by myself. Like (laughs) how the hell did you do this by yourself? So I understand. Right. I'm like, we're really bad compared, like if you think about what he did when he did it, and yeah. you're there now, and I'm at our at our barn, and I'm like, "I don't feel like I'm terrible, but the fact that you did this on your own, like felling trees and putting up fences and occasionally I'll see like a which you would never see at your jobs, but I'll see like a wire that was run that was the kind of the chalk line and I'm like that's where that came. <laughs> that that's how he did it and you're talking to this man that you're now working with him kind of side by side and you're learning from him yeah and i think it's cool i you and i have really talked about like what that growth is for you and it's funny we're both older we're both in our 50s and but we're both kind of like we're not done yet no and do you feel like you're fifty? no i I, i'm 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 having a blast like between between michelle and i diving deeper into the real estate stuff and the barn and the racing ventures that we're kind of jumping into and and this podcast stuff this has been something that has been on my mind for years and to sit down with one of my best friends and discuss something that's poignant like the anxiety issue is a poignant issue I can't wait till I find a transgender friend because that issue is like truly amazing to me. It's and huge, and, and, and I can't wait to dive into something. Do you have anything you want to tell me tonight, or are we good? No, <laughs>
2: no. Oh. But, but
0: but I'm saying like those kind of things of having that capacity because of where I am now. Right. I'm I'm excited. So I look at like you and. You've kind of, you've lived a more corporate lifestyle than I have throughout your life. But you've also dealt with some shit that, quite frankly, I'm glad I haven't had to deal with. But you've come out on the other side. And that part of it is, like my, one of my former players that when he was a junior in college decided to tell me he was gay. We all knew he was gay. Right. But he came out. And... He and I, to this day, he's probably 30 now. I don't, I don't know. How, I, don't, I actually don't know how old he is. He's so successful. And he and I have these heart-to-heart conversations on the phone about life. He is a super successful CPA. Like, really brilliant guy. We're so close that he's told me about his dating life. And as a straight man, I don't want to know about his dating life. It's not something I really need to hear about but some of the guys that he's told me about they sound really beautiful like great guys <laughs> but I don't need to hear about it right but we're that close and that's good but hes come, maybe he wants to express himself. but he's come through the other side right and I think of you in the same vein of being this goofy tall guy at Weber that used to take people in Uh, limos and then (laughs) we taking teams and being successful as you I mean let's not forget that you were a coach you were in charge of the facilities at Weber you you took a lot of slings and arrows Mm. probably from some people in my family (laughs) I mean I'm just being honest sure I mean you know but, but but I wasn't perfect no but but you've come out the other side of this major thing that a lot of us take light to. And that's why I ask those questions of, were there thoughts of suicide? How did you get through it? You've talked about the, I won't say the drug use, but they are drugs. They're, they're narcotics.
1: that Yeah, are, they're, yeah they're prescribed yeah. to you. You can't just go and pick
0: them up. Yeah, and and... That's the part that I wanted to touch on tonight. And this is a this is a long ass episode. But this is my friend. And we are diving into stuff that people need to hear. And and you're just a normal person. Like we're literally sitting in your living room of your beautiful home in, in a gated community. And it's like ten years ago there would have been a roommate sitting beside you.
1: There was, and there was, I mean, what, last, well, they moved out in May. Yeah. You know, and I thought for a moment, you know, I thought, wait a minute, I'm gonna be by, you know, and, and it went through my head. Well, I'm gonna be alone, you know, what if something happens, who do I call? Yeah. Or, you know, do I go next door? I mean, these these thoughts, they still happen. Yeah. These thoughts are like, okay, what do I do if this happens? <laughs> you know, and, and, and then I'm like, I'm like, come on, man. You know, you're not, you know, you know, again, and I, I think as life goes on, this will diminish. Yeah. Uh, it will continue to diminish. I hope. I hope that's the uh, that happens.
0: But and, does it diminish because you've created the story in your head that you're okay? Or does it diminish because it's curing itself? It
1: could be a both. I've always thought it could be both. And, and it's, you know, when you say that, you know, you... You look at other people, or I look at other people, and then, you know, uh, you know people that I've been around, and yeah. I, th- I think, wow, you know, they, they can do this and this and that. I mean, I'll be the first to say, when you said, I'm driving to North Carolina, or I'm driving, and I'm like, and you know, I wish I could be, you know, and in and, and bar- the back of my mind, I'm like, I can do it. Yeah. But I'm nervous about doing it. So until I'm solid, and when I say solid, here's something, and here's something, and this, I mean, this goes back to I to this day have never, I've never, okay, remember when I said I went to Tavares? Yeah. Right? The way I got to Tavares is I went to 192, then 192, I got on to I 4. I've never driven by myself down that ramp to I-4, an I-4, I've never, never done it since 1992. Really?
2: Yeah. Wow. That's... Now, with
1: someone in it, I can drive it. Yeah, yeah. But I've never driven it alone. I've thought about it so many times, Trey. I'm like, I'm going to do it today. I'm going to go up to Posner Park, and I'm going to get onto I-4, and I'm going to go to Champions Gate. Still haven't done it. Be, my way of doing
0: Do we need to do we, I, I'm, I'm just laying this out here because I'm one of those guys like, do we need to accomplish that?
1: I do. I do. And one day I know I will, but. I want to be a part of that. The, the day, what I can't, what I haven't still have. Now, can I go to Orlando? Yes, I can. I have been able to go down, I go down to 27. 192, and then I get on to I4. But that one stretch, that seven miles, what I yeah, mean, no. from 711 to that turn off, like to me 192, I can't. I've not been able to do that. Damn that it. one stretch. That that that. Because that's where it happened. Yeah, yeah. And it's almost like it's blocked in my. I got it in my mind that I can't do it, but I can.
0: Yeah. I know I can do it. Well, we're going to have to accomplish that. We're going to have to do that. We're, I, I've got to figure out how we're going to do that. We're going to do because that.
1: Because if i have driven, I can drive to downtown, downtown Orlando, no problem, by myself. Okay? It's now, just that one... Along along the way, I may have to pull off for a minute just to get my thoughts, and, and then I can continue. I did it when I worked for Modern Services several times. I had no issues doing it. And it, was, and it was great. I kept saying to myself, this is huge. And then I'd pull off, get a scratch off, I'd win. I'm like, it's even
2: better, you know?
1: <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I've done this. I've done the scratch off. I gotta, I'm gonna, you know, of course I have a luck with scratch offs and things like that. And obviously the casino, but, um, but you know, have I driven to Tampa? No, I have not. I've Ubered to Tampa now. But have I driven to Tampa? You're gonna start traveling with me a little bit. But you know, I, there again, I travel with you. Yeah. It's fine. I'm fine. I'm not. And if I have a little, you'll never know it. Yeah. Because I can cover it up enough that you wouldn't have to know it. Because there came to a time that yeah, you know, I didn't want to tell people. I think. But that... Then I then I came out of my shell and said. You know what? People need to know me for who I am. Well, and that—that's me.
0: That's why I ask you. I mean, I'll be straightforward. I asked Matt if he'd be willing to sit down and talk to me about it. Because not only are we friends, I, 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 I want to know my community. But I also, I'm curious. And that's part of this podcast platform is I want to know about these things that there are some things that I've seen, witnessed a part of and i want to i want to understand them more and that you just blew my mind like a stretch of highway that i abhor because it's bumper to bumper traffic (laughs) every time i go somewhere i mean there's nothing scarier than having a gooseneck trailer and you pull out onto i4 off of 27 and you're bumper to bumper to traffic and there's heat and you can't cool the horses down and you're like Oh, what are we going to do? And that's where my anxiety is. I haven't thought about, I don't even want to step on the damn road because I'm going to have to pull off and not be able to go any further. The fact that you had talked about that tonight, that is, that opens up so much. And, and here's the thing. I'm saying this on the video. My number is 863-326-3009. Text me. Tell me, hey man, call me. I need someone to talk to I don't want to talk to you, but I don't want you to also suffer. Like, Like you said, sometimes I just need to talk to somebody. He's in my phone, so your phone will ring through. My iPhone, for some reason, if it doesn't know your number, it's not going to accept it. So that's why I said, text me. And then we can talk, and then I'll call you. But if you have a problem, call me. Like, text me. I want people to be able to get to the point where Matt is, where, dude, he's out there. Like, we yeah. go places. We do stuff. We see things. We, he's. There was a time that he couldn't be Matt. You're right. And now, like, I just, hey, where you at? Well, I'm here. Okay, well, okay, we'll go here. I mean, you're I mean, the it's one. It's
1: still baby steps. It's bigger
0: steps now. Yeah. Because
1: I always said, baby steps, baby steps, baby steps and now it's bigger baby steps yeah. or now it's bigger steps and where people think oh you know this is great but you're right you know and if if they reach out to you you can reach out if they need to talk I'll talk to them
0: yeah
1: you know they'd come and sit here at the house and say you know what else i mean cuz there's likes a to lot eat. more
0: he likes to eat we'll we'll go get some food we'll we'll do whatever <laughs> like we're good like he's good i'm good too like i will sit you can come to Brittany Pinson. I'll never forget. Like she was this she's now an attorney and she played tennis f- for my dad. And I, yeah, we no lived, word. we lived in the house we live in currently. And she called us like at two o'clock one night. She's like, coach, you said we could call you whenever we needed you. Yep. You're, it's good. I'm, I'm wide awake. Well, they're having a party and I can't sleep. And I was wondering if I could just come to your house. How weird does that sound that this young woman wants to come to your house and hang out? No. We put her on our couch in the living room. My wife and I went back and went to bed, and she slept on our couch so that she could get good night's sleep so she could play a tennis match the next day. That's great. That's where I am, and that's the life I've led. That came from Bill and Stella Heath. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's... That came from you need a place to live. That caring came from my mom, who taught for 30 something years. Oh, and by the way, can't give it up and is still teaching to this day, like as a retiree. So, like, that care came from my three parents. As arrogant and as assholish as a lot of people think I am, I really care deeply. I just don't put up with a lot of bullshit because I was an athlete. And your performance did you w or did you l yeah. and there was a time that when we knew you we thought you were Ling. we just didn't have a clue what we were dealing with and now i look as a mature adult and realizing that sometimes the w's and the l's aren't the whole story
1: would you have ever thought about did you ever think about asking me back then?
0: No, we just we just ah no, no. Honestly, no because we yeah. just back in those days, I hate to say that, but back in those days it was like he'll get over it.
2: Yeah.
0: He'll get over it. And I think once I got to Florida Southern and the group was mine I watched how my dad worked with his group. And I always said told people, my dad was never the best X's and L's coach. Psychologically, that man was a freaking genius. I don't know how, I don't know what, I just know that in his realm, that was his breadbasket. Like he was a master at that. And when I went to Florida Southern, and all of a sudden I couldn't rely on my dad and if I'd lost like I literally signed 10 one-year contracts at Florida Southern Wow yes every year I went in for an evaluation and a lot of people don't realize that I operated a small business I had scholarships I had scholarship players I had walk-on players so I had volunteers I had paid employees I had benefits and my success, my success was all prerequisite on those athletes' success. And if they did really well, I mean, I got rehired. And there were years that we did really well. And there were years that we didn't.
2: Right.
0: And it kind of, the second year, I came into the first year and we were, we were good. It was all based on the other coaches, what he had recruited. And we were good. No problem. Everybody smiles. Next year, it was on me. And I started instituting my stuff and the way I felt. and That's when it kind of hit me as they're becoming a reflection of who I am. Which then led me to more of the mind stuff, which... 20 years later is where I really dive into when I'm talking with another agent in real estate or a friend or where they are like I don't care who you are where are you because who you are and where you are may not match up and I think for when you were in college Who you were and where you were didn't match up. And I look at you now, you've come to terms with who you are. And now what you are is a reflection of who you are. And I think we all have to build to that. And I've watched athletes, who they were. I'm a college player at Florida Southern become what they were and who they are. Those conversations were some of my most joyous moments because asking a player, is this really what you want? The time, the effort, the thing, and them saying, I really like. Okay, well, we're college tennis players and you want to pursue this. And that opened my mind to to make a long story longer. Some of my friends that I've had throughout the years of, huh, maybe back then there was a door that they hadn't gone through yet that they needed to go through. And that opened my mind. And when you have a player that, comes out when you have a player that decides they I mean one of my best players ever and this is what really he's a psychology doctor now so if that tells you yeah we're having a meeting I lined all my players up against a wall on our old facility and I asked him why are you here of course you start with your number one player why are you here Well, you have a psychology department. You gave me the best scholarship offer I had. There was not one mention about us winning a national championship or tennis. It was, I offered him the best package, and we had a really good psychology department. Let's put it this way. I've never forgotten that moment. There's a lot of moments that happened in that coaching career. Right that made me open my mind what's really funny is it opened my mind why was i at florida southern there you go i could have gone division one after a couple years at florida southern successful and it hit me i'm at florida southern because i really enjoy my summers off as a d1 coach you're at camps you're doing this you're recruiting constantly you're in europe you're as a division two coach we did a lot of stuff Via email, I had summers off. I could travel. I could race my motorcycle as a Division I coach. So those words echoed to me. And as I said, long story longer, it made me open my eyes to other people's, I'm going to say the wrong word here, plight. Plight's not the right word because that sounds so negative. But situation. And we fast forward. I'm now out of coaching since 2017. And it's opened my eyes even more where I'm sitting down with one of my friends that I've known since 1991 to dive into, hey, man, you had this issue. And look where you are now. It could have been been bad. It could have gone the wrong way. I we guess. have we have friends that they're not doing well. You're right. And I look at you and it's like, like you got pretty, you got pretty good life.
1: Oh, I do. I, I you know, I, I, can't say that I don't. But you know what? Just to kind of throw a wrench into it, I um, you remember Steve Warner?
0: Oh yeah. Okay. Let hey. me see your my, let me see your microphone. Yep, you're good. Okay.
1: Um, Steve Warner had, or Steve Warner and Teresa, they had a daughter named Lexi.
0: Yes. Okay. Yep.
1: Remember Lexi had yep. a, uh, it, it was a- Celiac
0: or something. Or...
1: Yeah, it was something yeah. that nobody knew and it was a, mm-hmm. it was a young nurse that had done a thesis and she had done a thesis on this and she found out what it was. Well, I remember Lexi had a feeding tube, and I think they, catch you something about protein. Yeah, she so, couldn't, too much protein. Yeah, yep, too much yep. protein. So, By we the were, way, she's
0: like 26 now.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and doing very well. Yeah, successful. Graduated from college. Successful. Uh, started working at Disney. Yep. Yeah. So, probably never heard this story, Trey, but I'm a. it's not, it won't take long, but I'll, I'll have to tell you this. So she was, we were at Fat Boys, Steve, her, and I.
0: By the way, Fat Boys, if you're going down 27, <laughs> south of Lake Wales, it is a delicatessen for those of us in the <laughs> Babson Park area.
2: Yes, you're right.
0: Barbecue, there's not a lot of vegetable choices. Coleslaw is about your best vegetable, maybe a side salad, Which size is good, diet. which is very yep. good. A little sweetness is good, yep. yeah. But Fat Boys. So continue. So we're at
1: Pat Boy's, Lexi said she didn't feel well. No, she was younger. I don't know how young she was. Yeah, she was very young, I guess to say. Said she She's didn't She's still feel... young
0: compared to us. So. Yes, yes, of course.
1: <laughs> she didn't feel well. So Steve's like, you know, I'm gonna take her home. And I said, okay, well, I'm gonna go back to work. And so um, she did, he did. Well, she had gotten sick. Very bad that evening. To the fact that they had to go to the hospital, and I think they went up to—is it what's in Orlando? Is it? It's not. Is it Saint Jude's? The Moors, or uh, I'm trying to think. Is, is it Saint? Is it Saint Jude's? It could be Saint Jude's.
0: I don't Isn't know. It? I don't know which one's in Orlando. Yeah, it was a children's hospital. Yeah. I know that. And
1: Steve said, "Okay, so this was on. This was a Friday." Saturday, we were playing golf up at Eagle Brook, my dad, myself, Mike Madison, and someone else. I can't remember who the fourth person was. And we were playing up there. We were going to play up there. And I had spoken to Steve and um, they said, she was in er, ICU, hooked up to every machine, and she was in kind of like a coma. Yeah. Or or and I don't know, I don't know if it was an induced or if it was just a coma in, in general. And and I said, Oh my gosh, you know, from this, from that just that day and then now and and the doctor I guess they didn't know what was going on. Now the main doctors or the her doctors were in Houston. So I said to Dad when we were over at the Seagull, I said, um, listen, when we're done with golf, can we go by the hospital? And dad said, Yeah, I don't see any problem with that, man. And I said, I said, okay, good. So we left. After golf, we left. We're heading over there. Mike Madison said, Yeah, no problem. Yeah, of course, you know, let's go and see, you know, support, you know, see how Steve and Teresa are doing and how Lexi's doing. And dad and I said to my dad on my way over, I said, um, I said, Steve's gonna ask me to come back to the seaster. To see Lexi, my dad goes. Well, what are you talking about? And I said, I said, when don't we get there, I said, Steve's going to ask me to come back. He goes, I, Matt, what do you what? What do you say? Listen, he said, Matt. Number one, he said, let, let me just just relax. Do not ask Steve to go back there. Steve and Teresa have probably got a ton of things on their mind. Families there, you know, kind of thing. He said, don't just. Let's go and see, just tell them, you know, we're here to support prayers, everything. I said, okay. You know, I didn't. Yeah. So we get up there. Now, in this, where the IC part of you is only family was allowed. So we got there. We go up to, I think it's the second or third floor. I can't remember exactly what it was. And, and uh, we're sitting in the waiting room and waiting for Steve to come out. I guess someone told him that we were there. And I said... Dad, I said, Dad, I think he's going to ask me to go back. And he's like, Matt, don't don't say that. Just, <laughs> you know, leave it alone. I don't know what you're, and I'm like, okay. And so he came and of course, you know, we're all, you know, how's everything going? And he goes, Matt, do you want to come see Lexi? Now, I didn't say a word. I said nothing. My dad looked at me and I'm like, yes, I would. And my, And I'm like, I, I didn't I don't know what my dad was thinking. He just. I almost like he had a stunned look on his face. <laughs> so. No no other family. None of any other of Steve's family or Teresa's, ever went back there. So I go back in there. Trey, it was sad. She's hooked up to every, tube coming out of everywhere, and she's out. Okay, so, it was a sliding, you know, they were sliding doors, glass doors. So I didn't go into the room. I stood on the outside of the room. Teresa's talking to a nurse down here. Steve had left for a moment. For, I would say, no more than maybe five, ten minutes tops. I prayed. I stood there and I prayed. And, you know, and in that time, while I was praying, you know, and I'm like, You know, Lexi, you're going to be fine. You're going to come out of this. Everything's going to be good. It was me. It was Lexi. And there was someone else in the room. Okay? It wasn't a nurse. It wasn't a doctor. It wasn't Steve. It wasn't Teresa. I can't tell you who it was, but I believe who I think it was. Okay? My belief was there, just who it was. I then said to Teresa... I said, oh, everything's going to be okay. I'll talk to you later. Steve saw me. I said, thank you, Steve, for giving me a moment. And um, he said, no, of course. He said, uh, you know, I wanted, to, I wanted you to come back. I said, okay. So we, I go out. Dad's standing there. He said, you okay? I said, yeah. I said, everything's going to be fine. She, she's going to pull out of this. And I said, "But I want to tell you something when I get home. When we get home, you don't want to tell me now." So suspense. Yeah. So we get home. I sat mom and dad down, and I said to them what had happened. Dad goes, "We believe you." And I said, "Everything's gonna be fine." So Sunday goes by, Monday goes by. Steve calls me Tuesday. He called me Monday. He said, "You know, she's still in a coma. Um, she's not doing well. We're talking to the doctors in Houston.
0: They're thinking about flying her out to Houston." And by the way, this is something that her mom has become passionate about. They have done multiple. They have become yes, basically the a leader in this this. Whatever she had, they had become leaders in this, and yes, she's now, like you said graduated, but this was the I remember those traumatic moments I don't know if i was i don't know if I was around at that time, right or just getting it from the familial side, but I remember that, so I remember those those moments and how like I don't even know if I was a parent yet, I don't remember those, but my goodness gracious, like, I don't want to have to go through that. So continue, sorry. Yeah. So so
1: we, Tuesday he called, or Monday he called me and told me everything was still going on. Okay, you know, and, and part of me is like, well, you know, why is Steve calling me? But, yeah. but he's calling me because I was there. And, yeah. he, and I think he just wanted to talk to someone, which I understand. Tuesday he calls. 10 a.m., I'm in my office. He's like, Matt, um, they're bringing the Medica plane in. We're, we're flying her to Houston because they just don't know what it is. I said, Steve, you're not going to have to go. He said, what do you mean? He said, we're, we're leaving at noon, Matt. It's 10. You're not going? She'll wake up before 12 o'clock. Before you have to get on the plane, she'll be awake. Everything will be fine. And he goes, Matt, you're you're not here. You know, I think he was like frustrated. Like, who are you to say that? You know, who are you just, you know? I said, Steve, you're not having to go, have to go to Houston. So he kind of, we just kind of hung up. 11 o'clock, he said, Matt, we have to go to Houston. I, I, I said, Steve. I promise you at 12 o'clock, you won't have to go to Houston. You're not, she's gonna wake up. She's gonna come out of the coma. She's gonna wake up and she's going to, she's gonna be okay. But you're not, the doctors won't know, understand. You're not gonna know. You're not gonna understand what's happened. He said, Matt, I said, you can tell Teresa that. And he's like, I'm not saying a word to Teresa. Teresa is. <laughs> Beside herself. Yeah, I said, I understand, Steve, but I'm just letting you know. At 11.45, I got a phone call. Lexi was awake. She was breathing fine. They don't have to go to Houston. It was canceled. The doctors have no clue what's happened. She got up, or when she woke up, she asked one question to Steve, and I didn't know this that day, until we got back, he came well, he came to see me. First words out of her mouth is, how's Matt doing? And that's all I can say to that. And when was this?
0: Do you remember? I don't remember. You could ask Steve, you yeah. will remember. Because my question is, this. There's moments in life that are poignant that you hang on to mm-hmm. when shit gives sideways.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Do you hang on to that? Yes, I do. Because now
1: I feel, I feel certain things about certain people now. I'm not saying that. I don't want to know. Yeah, I'm not saying I, I don't have, want to know. I don't want to know about me. But there's certain people that have affected, or that I know, or I know things about people that I know, and I feel and um, I feel at peace with it. You know what I mean? Or but does that
0: lead you to I can't leave?
1: What do you mean I can't leave?
0: Like. Oh,
1: as in, am I, me? Yeah. No, I feel, I feel I feel that there's more to do.
0: Ah, that yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, you can't, I'm not done. That's correct. Yeah. So, does that help you with the anxiety,
1: or? It could. You know what? And I always believe there's a reason for everything, okay? I didn't believe that before. You yeah. know, I'm like, oh, why me? Yeah. That was always the question, why me? What did I do wrong? Why do I have this? I would be the first to admit that's that's all I asked about in the beginning. Why am I having this?
2: Yeah.
1: Why am I at, why am I at fit or why am I at 40 years old having to call someone to because I I can't would I know it's it's written everywhere. Well, we can't die from this. Yeah, there's absolutely no. How many times have I called an ambulance to because I didn't feel good and the ambulance would come. They'd get, take my vitals and everything was fine. Yeah. Your vitals are perfect, Mr. Yentis. Your heart rate is perfect. You know, everything's perfect. But why am I feeling this? Why do I feel that I had to call? And then I would just climb out of the, because I didn't want the ride because it was $300. <laughs> so it was three to $500 to get to the hospital, which is right down the road. Yeah. But then I would, just have, I, would, I would drive down to the road, I'd go to the hospital and they would check out and they're like, you're fine but but just for that moment now she's 26 years old yeah. or whatever yeah she she got a liver transfer uh transplant she she can eat anything and everything now oh really oh yeah
0: so there's no more of that no more really yes that is awesome so you tell me and, and but what made you feel that during that i don't need to go into your spirituality but was it the presence of something there or was it something you felt or was it, and I'm going to say this weirdly, something due to the curse that you had been dealt, you had this gift inside? I don't know, but I don't know. I couldn't answer the
1: question. I can answer that. I think that it was me and it was the Holy Spirit or God that was in there or Jesus was in there. It was a figure Okay, it was a figure, and and it was a, or a, a heavenly figure, and I believe this is that my day, because how could I call that to Steve, yeah, yeah. who was anxious himself? He was like, "We're going to go to Houston. I may lose my daughter." Yeah, I'm sure that's what they was going through. Them, both of them. How could both of them say that? And then here's a guy on the other phone saying,
0: nah, "You're not, not going right. to have to
1: leave. You're, You're not good. going anywhere." <laughs>
0: yeah. You know, which they, I'm sure they were like, "Who is this guy?" And this is a guy, and 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 for Steve, just to put it in contextual terms, he had is witnessing you going through what you've gone through. Yes, and there's a guy going, this same guy's going, "Nah, you're good, man. You're you're fine." <laughs> of course, of course, I'm gonna take that information that you're giving me and going, "Yeah, sure. Hey, honey, we're okay." The guy who can't drive himself around is telling us we're good. Hello. We're back. (laughs) All right. We're going to finish up with the uh, Lexi. Like we talked about, like how, how do you know and feeling those feelings and let's wrap it up with you're still here. What's next? What do you feel? What do you feel you still have left to accomplish?
1: You know, I. It's interesting. The other uh, July eleventh was my anniversary date with Leo's Construction Services, and Leo said, "Oh, um, Evelyn, I would like to sit down with you and go through your evaluation." I thought to myself, you know, when's the last time I had an evaluation?
0: <laughs> and so. I haven't had one. I haven't had one since 2017. So I'm really excited. Like, Okay. Because like, I had them for 10 years straight. And it was like, there was nothing more nerve-wracking than May. Whenever our team lost. So we'd go to postseason. Or we wouldn't make it to postseason. But sometime in May, I knew. All right. I'm either going to be looking for a job, or I'm good for another year. Right. Like that was kind of that year when I announced I was leaving. I actually announced it in February, but no one knew. I told my boss, and 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 uh, so we knew what was coming. It's been amazing, but the problem is, I'm kind of I'm kind of going to wait for your answer here. It's kind of nice knowing. That you're doing it well, or you need to improve. And quite honestly, my wife and I are, are evaluators, or our, I guess our paychecks are evaluators. Right. Yeah, we're doing okay, or we need to. I don't have a non-familial person going. I'd really like you to work on X, Y, and Z. So. I'd like to hear well, what last time you had an evaluation and, oh, and now
1: last time I had an evaluation <laughs> had to have been like,
0: I have to say,
1: I don't know. I couldn't tell right. you except I don't even know if I had one at Disney when I was working there. Oh God. You haven't had one. You didn't have I one may at have you. had one at, at, at Weber, but I can't remember when I was
0: going to say, cause like,
1: and if it was, it
0: was just one. Okay. Cause like, that was like, my yearly fear fest. It wouldn't kill you, right? It won't the fear of the fear. It won't kill you, but dadgum, gum, you'd lose some sleep over it. Of course, and you know what? I was a little bit anxious. I was a little anxious. I was have
1: to say a little anxious. Not anxious that it drove I mean, me to for the. For God's sake, but... you
0: got a company truck now. You're doing like, yeah. oh my God, am I gonna lose this benefit? What's next? So the, I said,
1: you know, I was a little anxious, you know, because I'm sitting down with both. Um, you know, Mrs. Alvarado and Leo Alvarado, uh, Mr. Alvarado, either, either way. So, and, you know, um, she, you know, she runs a business as well. She runs it from home. She's not at the office, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. And so I thought, you know, what's this going to be like? And so we sat down and, you know, she, she started it and everything. And she said, the first thing she said, um, first thing, Matt, is, you know, we, we want to keep you, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, oh, thank you, you know, yes,
0: <laughs> exactly,
1: I'm like, well, thank goodness, I'm, I'm like, you know, but, and I, I was to like,
0: doors another year, <laughs>
1: <laughs> so she said that, and she said, you know, we just, we appreciate everything that you do, and she said, you are, um, you know, you have come on and you help, you know, Leo with the business and in a different way, you know, being the project manager. And, and, you know, it was just, they were very thankful of not just, you know, of just how I, how I, how organized I am. She said, how I, you know, she said, you know, obviously Leo goes home. And now Brandon, his son, is also working at the office, who's fantastic, uh, just a great gentleman, and you know, it, and I feel like I, you know I can, can call, call them all friends, mm-hmm. uh, not just co-worker or you know that kind of thing, but um, you know, and they said you know we appreciate you showing Brandon you know aspects of the job, and. You know, it was a really thankful whole situation. And and that that says a lot to me. I I thank you. Because in the beginning when I was unemployed for ten and a half months, when I was unemployed for that time, your your my thoughts were in that ten and a half months is you kinda I, I felt like I wasn't part of anything. hmm uh-huh. I wasn't part of society. or I mean, I, would, I just felt alone. even you know, And I'm like, well, you know, thank, thankful that I had you know, savings that I had put back that I didn't have to go out and ask people for money. I mean, not that I'm sure my parents would have helped. I'm sure my sister and no, no. brother-in-law would have helped. But I didn't want to do that, Trey. I wanted to. I'm like, I, I got money to use. Did,
0: was there... During that time period, was there, did that flare up the anxiety, or was it just, or have you gotten to the point that it's just managed? It flared up
1: depression. Oh. Got a little depressed, you know, I got a little down on myself. Not that I was looking for a pity party or anything. Yeah. I got down on myself because, you know, I'm like, I, I mean, was I throwing out resumes? Yeah. I was tossed. You know, everybody's like, "Oh, there's a job out there." Yeah. Well, why am I not finding it? You know, I mean. I think I even said that probably. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and you know, I interviewed. I interviewed at the University of Tampa. I interviewed at uh, University of Mississippi. Um, you know, there was a, I was told that I was going that I might have an opportunity at Auburn. Now, that didn't happen, none of it happened, matter of fact, but, and, you know, I, I was, I got, you know, and then I got frustrated and then kind of down on myself, and I'm like, what is it going to take, you know, so I remember Leo had asked me to lunch, well, then I thought to myself, oh, you know, Leo, I hired Leo at Weber, maybe he's going to ask me to come on and work, so I'm getting hyped about it, Yeah. ends up, he just wanted to go out to lunch and see how I was doing, but I found later on in the actual evaluation, I said, I thought you were gonna hire me. And they said, we were just trying to figure out how we could afford you. Because from, we knew, we, Leo knew what job you were at and what you were getting paid. And we didn't think we could afford you at that moment. So we offered you this. Well, I took it because at 10 and a half months, I wanted to do something. something. I wanted something. I wanted to learn something. And I felt, who better to learn from? Because what he did at Weber when I hired him was unbelievable to the cafeteria, what the cafeteria is now and everything. And, And then, you know, things that I asked him to do, if he could beat the time of other vendors that I had. And he said, not a problem, Matt. We will, we will make, and he had the people, and he made it happen, and I was so happy, and so, you know, he, she said, we took a long shot, and we asked you, you could have easily said no, but you didn't, and, you know, and they always said, he always said, Matt, you know, this is a place I'm going to give you a raise, I'm not going to hold back, you know, you, and they did, I mean, but it wasn't just that the thank you on a regular basis. yeah I got more thank yous there than at the time I got at Weber after my father retired.
0: I got I got something for that though too. You were your father's son right and you were just there and you were there because you were your father's son.
1: That's right.
0: So, whether you you did good or not, you were your father's son. That's not right or wrong. It's not right or wrong. Probably more wrong than right. But, I, I understand. But sometimes we have to step out of those, whether you earned the position or you were given the position. Right. doesn't matter. If you do a good job, you do a good job. Exactly. And once you step out of that realm and you go to private company, to Leo. Oh, well, thank you. The funny thing is you're doing work at the same place that you used to work to get no thanks. Yeah. And now you're doing work there as a subcontractor. Yeah. Which is... I, I've always found funny. I mean, you, you know that we're going, we've done some familial stuff on our properties and different things. And, and gi- giving was part of the Weber way. And yeah. I've always wondered, did the Weber aspect per- perpetuate the anxiety? Because there was this, there's a building named after my dad. I better live up to that. No, I never looked at it that way. Okay. Okay. I never,
1: never once looked at it that way that I had to. Because I knew what I was doing was for the good of the university at all times. And I knew also, the reason I knew that is I cared about the university and still care about it. Not just because I worked there for 26 years, because I was also an alumni. Yeah. And I only want the best for the university. I want to see the university succeed. I never want to see it you know, in financial situations. I don't want it to see it to...
0: You don't want it to be ugly.
1: No, I don't want it to be ugly. I don't want it to slide. No. I don't want it to fail at any point in time. But you know what? The things that I did for the university, I busted my backside, and on top of that, I was married to Weber International University. Oh, yeah. Was that a good thing? Some days I think, no it wasn't, because you know what? I didn't have a life,
0: I, outside I, of Weber. I agree with you, because I think, I think my, my dad, my stepmom, I think my dad missed opportunities because of his love for the university. And I'll never forget, I I just, he was there 37 years, 35 years, something like that. And I'll never forget going, because I I left coaching the same year he retired. Just so, it was ironic. And I went to his retirement party and had a Publix cake. In the cafeteria. And I was like, all right. So you have created a culture at this school that will never be duplicated. Like you had the most successful group of individuals that have ever been a comp- a- put together, and they got you a Publix cake. And that was it and he was gone and i was like all right but but deep down inside i've been on that campus since 1983 i live next to the campus i still live there yeah i've watched people come and go i've watched you struggle and i i just laugh now because you're back there doing work as a subcontractor trying to make the school better. And you know what? We did. Yeah.
1: That that right there that Leo construction services did is now I consider the pinnacle. The conference center, the conference center was the pinnacle. Okay? Not because of Rex Argentas' name is on there. I'm proud that it's my father's name, and you know, and people are like, are you related? I'm like, yes, I am. Yes, but that's not me. Yeah, and it, it, that's my father, and you know what? He deserved it, a hundred percent. I believe he deserved it. He was a great president. He did a great job. He took it, and in you know, the football program. I'm sorry, hands down, schools laughed at him. People said it'll never work. Now every NAI school. And my dad was Florida, against it. My dad was against it. He was, and he, Nancy Nichols was Nancy yeah. Nichols was for it. Yep. Yeah. And, and she worked on it. And let me tell you what, every NAI school has
0: it. Yep. And they're successful with it. Yep. And, and and that's but that's where the anxiety part of this portion. You've you live in that shadow, whether you or not you want to.
1: Yeah. Well. Yeah. Because you know I know what you I understand what you're getting at. Yes. Yeah. You're right, because you know what? I'm very proud of my father. I, I really, feel believe my father is a very smart man. Yeah, And he did, he did an incredible job, but he'll tell you, he's a very, well, I can tell you, he's a very humble man. And he'll say, it's the people that, were, that surrounded him at that job, at Weber, yeah. that created that,
0: okay? It wasn't just him. And I know that. Well, think about your job now. I love you you're awesome but you didn't build that shit inside that building no (laughs) no i saw you in your polo and your jeans and your you weren't sweating so no
1: no but i was into that you know leo said leo said to me matt this was your this was your project but as a team we we made it happen i said no leo you did this i said I watched you do it. I mean, Leo is a hands-on. Leo doesn't stand there and watch. Leo gets his... He works right alongside. And and it just... But it makes you want to, you know... And I'm like... But there was things I didn't want to touch, Trey, because I thought, shit, I'm going to screw this up.
0: Hey. And you know... You and I are about, probably both both <laughs> equally... I, I've got stuff I do on my motorcycle, and I have stuff that I just say, hey, there's other people... And I know my limits and yeah. they're very limited. Like I my limits are really limited. Like they're they're not expansive. But that being said, look where you have come from from being in the dorms in Camilla Hall, not able to do anything yeah. to walking around Camilla Hall remodeling. Yeah. And doing And that's where I come from this whole conversation is it wasn't easy, but I've watched you. I've, yes, we're older and it may have taken 30 years or it's still taking 30 years or it took 25 years or whatever. It doesn't matter. It's that one, you didn't quit. You kept having a life. Whatever that life was, you allowed yourself to have the life that you could have, if that mean you had to have a partner, you had to have a roommate, you had to have a chauffeur, you had to have... It didn't matter. You just kept plugging away. And now, in our mid-50s, you're like, hey, I just rebuilt a school. Yeah. So what's
1: next? Well, you know, as I told during my evaluation, I want to work I said, I want to work for Leo's Construction till I'm 67 years old. And, you know, and I told him that. I said, I'm here for the long haul as long as you'll have me. And when then you... at, at some point, you want to, you know, uh, you need to toss me, then you toss me. But, you know, I want you to know that I'm here and I will bring business because I love to talk to people. But you know, one thing I always, I always say to, I always tell people, if you think you have it bad, walk down, go to Home Depot or go to Lowe's. Walk down the aisles and listen to people complain about their life. Because people will complain. People are in there, you know, business are in there, they're, yeah. they're getting things, and they're complaining about their job. They're complaining about their life at home. They're complaining about their wife or husband. I mean, they're complaining. And they're walking down. And you think your life is bad. You walk down and you listen to other people. And you know what? It's not bad.
0: Well, I want, I, that, that is great. It's one of the things I pride myself on during these is picking up questions during conversation. And you just brought up a great point. I never once remember you ever. And you may have done it privately and you may have done it with other people. But I never once remember you cursing, begrudging, or belittling what was happening to you with the circumstances you were in. Whatever that circumstance was, if you had to have someone drive you home, they drove you home. It didn't mean your life sucked. It meant you need someone to drive you. You still had this awesome life. Like you said you were driving the softball team and the volleyball team and you were going to tennis matches and you were working you had a full-time job you just had these couple restrictions but you never once begrudged them publicly you may have privately and you may have when i wasn't around because as friendly as we were i wasn't living with you i wasn't we weren't doing everything together but publicly we just always kind of joked, oh, Matt's got to wait for his ride home. That was what we thought. Yeah. You, but but you didn't give a shit that we thought that. You just went and did it. I don't think I knew that you guys were saying it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Like We, we were kind of like, oh. But you didn't stop you from doing anything. There was nothing that you didn't do. You just didn't do it alone. Yeah, you're right. And honestly, probably, if more of us did stuff... Not alone. Like, it's always good to be in touch with ourselves, but not touching ourselves, but in touch with ourselves. Yes. (laughs) We probably would be better off having that base. You had those people that, yes, they were getting something from you, but they were there for you, and they were always there for you. And I commend you for persevering through that because for a lot of us, Dude, if I lost my independence, I don't know what I would do. When I had shoulder surgery and had to rely on Michelle driving me around for three months because I couldn't drive, that was three months. There was nothing mentally wrong with me. I just couldn't drive. Sure. I was done. I tried to drive by myself one day, and I got in the car, and I got stuck because I I couldn't reach the gear shift, and I remember having to call Michelle and saying, I can't drive. I can't imagine 10, 15 years of life. That was three months. Yeah. So the fact that you've come out the other side is what I want to commend you on. And the fact that you're willing to sit down and, and I ask, I, I point blank, ask Matt, are there any questions I can't ask you? And he's like, no, I'm good. So we actually talked about the suicide stuff because that is something that scares me. I mean, I have a, I have a 21 year old daughter who is very independent, very independent-minded who has one love and i've often wondered like Poof, what happens if that and i have a doc i have a wife who very influenced with family like th- that tight-knit family i never really thought of myself because eh, i was kind of raised like do your thing dad's a hippie mom was a hippie
2: <laughs> stepmom was a
0: business person who's like hey everybody's free everybody happy and I love them all so I never really even thought about myself and I sometimes kind of wonder like do I have those things and it's nice sitting down with with a friend who I will say battled you battled you battled through and yeah do you feel like I guess it's kind of like the old Alcoholic is always an alcoholic. do you feel like you've conquered anxiety or or controlled anxiety? I feel like i
1: I have an understanding of it, and I think I don't know if I have a complete control because I still have sporadic situations yeah uh, now I say you know I'll, I'll go a time period of like six, eight months with no, no issues. And then something will flare up. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, what's going on? What's wrong? And then all of a sudden I think to myself, nothing's wrong, Matt. It's just, you know, it's just a moment in life that, you know, you know what's wrong. So, and then I, and then I'm fine.
0: That's, it's incredible. And I I don't think of a, I can't think of a better way. I, I, I feel like if I can say one more Ted Lasso thing, one of my favorite episodes ever is when they're in the bar playing darts. Yeah. And be curious, not judgmental. To this day, that is one of my favorite. I'll, I'll just go back and occasionally pull that up on YouTube and just watch that scene. And I think, goodness gracious, at 21, 20 years old, I didn't know any better. Fifty-one. I know a lot more now, and I see people. There's more empathy, and I understand. I may not get it because maybe I haven't had to go through it, but I get it. I understand. It's real.
1: You're claustrophobic, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's that's
0: anxiety. Yeah. That right. is a
1: form of anxiety, hands down.
0: Yeah. I, I, We go to places. We actually went to an event in Detroit with a mortgage broker. And he's like, hey, we need to go sit over here. Here's some seats. And the seats were in the middle of an aisle. And I said, oh, no, no, I have to sit on the edge. And he laughed at me. And I went over and sat on the edge of another aisle. And he, very nice. He came back out and he's like, hey, I found some seats over here. And we went up top to the section where there was no one around and I could just sit and he, I didn't say anything. I just, He didn't say anything. He was just like, I found some seats. Well, he didn't really find some seats. We just walked up to an area where no one was sitting. Right. And I was completely content. I was spread out. I was relaxed. But I wouldn't even go in those seats because, and I don't know why, it's more of, what happens if I have to go to the bathroom? Well, I don't want to have to walk across people. I don't want to have to, I flew in the middle seat twice in the past three months. I hate flying in the middle seat because, oh no, I'm to get. I'd rather sit in the aisle. I hate the aisle. I'd rather sit in the aisle seat so I can just get up and go to the bathroom or just get up versus sitting in the middle seat. And he appreciated, I didn't say anything. I just said, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't sit in the middle i I like sitting on the side so he just and i was like
1: cool but that all that right there is a form of anxiety yeah your anxiety about you don't want to disturb someone to go to the bathroom my philosophy is everybody's got to go one time or another so i'm going now you better get up yeah and you know what if they don't like it Stand up with me and, and tell me, address it to me that you don't like it. But you're not, they're not going to. Yeah. Because I'm bigger than that majority of well, the Well, that's side, true. You know? I
0: don't have that benefit. I don't have no, that benefit. No, so. but you know, it, yeah.
1: a lot of, you know, people, I'm used to, I may have, I may have just tried to hold it or something. Yeah. But now,
0: no. Well, I appreciate you sitting down and, and talking with me. It, it, like I said, this was a personal episode. and this is my longest episode ever. And, uh, but I was, I'm excited because those are the issues. Those are the things that I want to talk about. I mean, it's small business. I want to talk about dreams. I want to, but I also mm-hmm. want to sit down with people that I'm close with and discuss things that have happened to them. And, and tonight there was a few things that I brought out that I've never talked about. And that's, The first one I did of these, it was a a spa, spa haven in Winter Haven. And Megan Gillis and I were talking and we finished. She's like, there was a couple things you didn't ask me about. I said, well, we all have demons. And if I ask you those questions, more than likely, I'm going to have some sort of response that I'm not going to be able to control and it's going to come out. And maybe I'm just not ready to talk about those things yet. And she kind of looked at me and... That's the part that these interviews are I want to bring out is I want to be truthful. Hi there. I think you're gonna get a kiss. Yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> I I want to be truthful. And my wife's the editor of these. And maybe there's some stuff that I just don't want to talk about.
1: But you know, I'm glad you know, one,
0: I appreciate you asking
1: and I felt that I didn't want to, I wanted to tell you everything. I, I don't believe in, and I tell people this now, even now. I said, there's no sense in me lying to you or, or yeah. telling you a fib or yeah. something like that. And Leo hates to be lied to. And I, so I tell people, I'm just going to be open and honest with you. You like it or you don't. Yeah. You take it as what it is or you don't. You know, everybody's got their different beliefs. Everybody's got their, you know, different sides. People may watch this and say, well... Yeah, that guy just dreamt all that up. You know, and again, that's your right. It's yeah. your right to either believe it, don't believe it, um, you know, ask questions about it, don't ask questions about it. It's completely up to you. But we've lived it. Did I know about some of the things that you told me? I didn't. Well, am I surprised a little bit? Yes, I am a little bit. Because, But d- does it make me... Do I feel less about you? Not one bit. I still love you. As a brother, I still think very highly of you and Michelle. Um does it change anything? Not one single bit. And you know, it's whatever people take perception of. You know, if they again, if they want to ca- they want to call you and say, "Hey, how do I reach this guy?" or can would he talk to me? Of course I would. Yeah. But if they don't, that's fine. You know, maybe they don't want to come out with it. Or maybe they, you know, feel uneasy. Of course, people do that. I mean, I, we—I'm sure you see it. More athletes are coming about out yeah. with anxiety, and people are listening to them because they're an athlete or celebrity. And yeah, we're just—I'm just, you know. You're just Matt. I'm just Matt. But you know what? Uh, you know, I believe. I still. I believe. Um, you know, we all believe we put on this earth for a reason. Yep. And. Um, some days I wonder, do I know the reason? (laughs) And, and if it's not, and if it's something that later on in life, you know, I, I constantly, I think I've told you, I constantly, you know, I'm out, I'm looking for that significant other. Have I dated people? Yes. Was the one, you know, I was engaged twice. They both were cheating. You know, I, I found out, I'm glad I found out. Otherwise I would have been. Probably miserable. yeah and then um, then another one I dated for three or four years, and you know, she wanted something before I wanted it, and it just didn't work out.
0: Well, you know I dated someone for four years, and they wanted something that wasn't there, and then all of a sudden, a year later, I was dating Michelle, and, and look. Mary. And, yeah. and,
1: you know you guys are happy. You have a beautiful daughter, you have a, a great life.
2: Yeah,
0: I mean it's it's those things happen, and, and I think kind of what you said is, you know, I, I'd rather be truthful, and and I love my in-laws, and they're like, oh, business, business, you got to do this, and I'm like, not everybody's going to like me.
1: No, you're and right. It's, a,
0: it's okay. There's plenty of business. I really just need to do business with the people that actually like me. There's a group of people that my frankness my mouth, my fruitiness. I have the balance of I have Michelle who is our professional and who does our business. And then there's people that I'm just Trey and you get, but Michelle has accepted I'm a coach. I'm a coach. Whether I have a broker attached to my name, real estate agent, Lawnmower man, barn helper, or whatever. I'm a coach, and when I see people, I coach them. Like, I just that's my nature. I I see things through people. I see things in people, and I pick at them, whether that's positive or negative. I mean, you and I've talked. I pick on you. Like I, I pick at you. I pick it. I. Pick at my wife. I pick at my daughter. I because there's more in there. There's there's more. And I ask, what's next? What's this? What's going on? What's and so for you as someone who's battled that, how do you balance we'll finish this with with this question. You really going to bed? Right on me, huh? Gracie's ready to go night night. Um, how do with the anxiety How do you battle the wanting to be more and accepting who you are without battling that in your brain the whole time?
1: That's interesting. Um, You just keep... I just keep... I keep moving forward. I don't, you know... I know I'm expected to do things now. Again, once I got the job, I am, I'm expected to be places now, yeah. and, and that's important to me. And you know what? And along that way, when I walk into Lowe's, because everybody says, oh, you know, you're at Lowe's again? You're at Lowe's again? <laughs> along the way, if I can help other people, or if I can make other people happy, I feel great about it. It's about putting people first before myself. And that's the most important thing in my life. As long as I can make someone else happy before, meaning if that means taking them out to dinner or going somewhere, that's the most important thing. And that what keeps me, because I'm sober all the time. And some people say, I can't believe you do that sober. I'm like, yeah, I mean, that's me. And it's always going to be me. And so I just, you know, I love the people, I love the people I met. and just example, um, a couple of weeks ago, I got tickets for Tampa Bay Rays against the New York Yankees, and it was for a gentleman by the name of Shane and his father, and his father's about to turn 90. Oh the man. last time he was at a baseball game was 1955, yeah, with the Yankees. Ooh. And he's a Tampa Bay Ray fan, but he's never been to a Tampa Bay Ray game. And we were able to take him to this game, to see the look on his face, of where we were sitting and how close we were to the field. and the atmosphere was priceless. Yeah. And, and, and Shane was right you know next to him, you know because Shane takes care of his father and he's, he's loving to his father and it was just the greatest moment ever Trey it's like those limo things i didn't care you know i mean i wanted to get i wanted to get the best seats in the house we did and it was the best seven inning nine innings ever you know what i mean just for the people that were there yeah and just to see this man and every friday i go down to the christian Store next to Wales Point, and I get ice cream, and I take ice cream to Pops every Friday for Ice Cream Friday. It's just again, it's not it's not about me. It's about it's about the people I know,
0: the friends. I I think that's a good way to end it. Is you're reaching out, you're looking beyond yourself, and yes, I think trying. I, I look and, at
1: myself too, but
0: you know. Yeah. Well, sometimes we don't want to look at ourselves. Yeah, that's, okay. that's true too. Yes. But,
1: <laughs> especially on camera. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but, uh, I just want to thank you for taking the time and, and discussing it. And it's something that's been on my mind for between listening to podcast on some of the health issues that are coming up and anxiety and having players that have dealt with it. And, I didn't realize it was kind of in my brain until, I don't know, a couple weeks ago, I was like, man, I want to talk about some issues that are important. Who can I talk to? Oh, wait. One of my <laughs> friends has this issue. And like I said, I'm, I'm still trying to... I, I could get on a phone call with my former player about coming out as gay, but I really enjoy the face-to-face, the facial expressions, and the, so, just sitting comfortably in your house, somewhat comfortably, yeah. in your house. Sorry, yes. With I, the 160-pound dog laying on me. Yeah. Um, and discussing it, just kind of, mano a mano, just chilling, and talking. Those are the things that, like, I don't, I actually don't care how many people watch it. I'm gonna try to break this up into some pieces. But, Taking the time to just, hey, it's there, it's now, here, mm-hmm. and if people want it, they can see like, oh wait, he had a he had an issue, and then that normal they were talking about normal stuff, and then they talked about it a little bit more, and oh, oh okay, so it's okay that my mind goes this way. Oh yeah. And that's what I want to say thank you for is taking the time. You have a real job, I have a real job, and we both were like hey, let's take a chance and let's just talk about this. Neither one of our jobs is going to fire us because we sat down and talked about it. And it's okay. that that's We're at a point in society and life that it's okay. You're not, oh, woe is me, I can't do it. No, no, <laughs> no. Get out there and do your shit because that's important. But these are the things that are in my brain. Right. And that's where... I want to say thank you because you've always been one to do the work. We just didn't know what was going on inside the brain and you have battled through that and being willing to talk about it and talk about some trauma, which damn, we all knew that was happening, but not to you necessarily, but we all knew that was happening and, holy cow, you know, like, okay, thank you for blowing that lid off. <laughs> but, uh, I just want to say thank you. I want to thank, I want to thank my wife for one, for allowing me to do this stuff. Um, if it wasn't for Michelle, these kind of things wouldn't be possible because she's given me the freedom to, Hey, go, go explore these things, go talk about them. And, and, uh, we have some other cool things coming up, but, uh, but thank you so much. Thank, thank you for you. thank you for inviting me to your home. Oh, you're welcome. Um, thank you for Gracie's hugs and kisses <laughs> and everything. And uh this has been the longest episode. I'm gonna put it out as one full episode. I'm gonna break it apart, put some segments out. Yes, it's night night time, I know. We're gonna go to bed soon. But I wanna thank uh thank Matt and uh LCS Leo. What's what's the actual name?
1: It's uh, Leo's Construction Services.
0: Leo's Construction Services. Uh, they're based in downtown Lake Wells. Correct. And I want to thank uh, Michelle for allowing me with Michelle and Trey Real Estate. Yes, my name's attached to it, but the boss is Michelle. And, and, G-
1: and you guys sold me this place. Yes,
0: <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And uh, So thank that, you. That, she's the one that kind of prods me along to... You're, you're curious about something? Go find out about it.
1: Also, by the way, you guys were the first real estate because the other house, I didn't go through a real estate. Oh, yeah.
0: Well, thank you for allowing us the opportunity. <laughs> but uh, I want to say thank you, thank you very much. I know this is a long episode, but I think it's important. I think these kind of these kind of issues are. I just listened to a seven-part series about transgender athletes with, uh, Lance Armstrong. And I think these issues are important. And I'm not saying I might, I might do another one of these, if I can find someone else that wants to talk about it, because I find it interesting. I, I, I'm sure through my athletic endeavors and other parts of my life, I've dealt with it. I don't know if I did it right or wrong or I don't know. I've never allowed myself to uncover them. Right. But I'm also the person that speaks at everybody's funeral because I handle death in a weird way. So
1: I won't be attending any of those.
2: No, no. I, I, I,
0: I completely no. understand. As a, as a racer, I've, I've understand. Like, when a mm-hmm. racer dies, I kind of like, eh, they were doing what they wanted to do. It's yeah. terrible. Yeah. And but, no, on a, let's finish this up. I want to yeah. say thank you um, to uh, Matt for this time and for allowing us here and chilling out on a, I guess it's Friday. Is it Friday? It's a
1: Friday evening. Friday yeah. evening,
0: and uh, we'll get this knocked out. But uh, this is Trey Heath with Beyond the Curve, the Curiosity Podcast, and uh, with Michelle and Trey Real Estate. Thanks. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Gracie, I got to do it.